0: Well, hello there, boys, girls, and in-betweeners. It's me, KP, back in your ear and or eye holes with another Pointless podcast. And my guest this week is the delightful Jack Stewart. Jack is a writer for Wired, previously of the BBC World Service Radio. And I met Jack ages ago at one of my many failed projects. And he was kind enough to guest a pilot that I was doing at the time. uh, And we were doing a segment about autonomous vehicles and sort of pushing the Tesla specifically to its limits. And while that never saw the light of day, I was delighted to meet Jack because he was so uh, energetic and enthusiastic, knowledgeable and passionate about the space. So I I trust Jack implicitly with his uh, opinions and his knowledge on uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, EVs in general. Uh, In this episode, we're going to dive a little bit into short selling. Uh, If you don't know what that is, don't worry. You're going to come away from this thing with an ounce of understanding, which is way more than I had going into that. And by the way, that's no fault of Jack's. I'm just incapable of learning. I'm sorry. I reached my peak potential at 24, and it's been a sad plateau and a tumble down the hill ever since. But Jack's going to explain to you short-selling, why it matters, why it affects you, whether you want it to or not, and how it uh, applies specifically to Tesla uh, and Elon Musk. He hates these short-sellers. They've got something against him. Maybe that's a vested interest in making millions, if not billions, of dollars if he fails. So... You're going to learn about the practice. You're going to learn about how it applies. And again, whether you play the stock market or even are vaguely aware that we have one, the activities that are going on, specifically the short selling practice, affect you in so many different ways. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. We're going to talk about curb space and why that's important. It's the next frontier in transportation, believe it or not. Uh, So many fun little deep dives here uh, in this podcast. And again, I cannot thank Jack enough for making the trek to glorious Van Nuys to sit down and and waste some of his day with me. So come waste time with us as well. You've got to do nothing. If you're hearing this or watching this, you literally do nothing. Sit there, stand there, go for a couple more rows, uh, sit in traffic a little bit longer, whatever it is you do while consuming, just be a passenger, just passively eat this ish up. But if you do want to interact, if you want to let me know that you're out there and I know that there's a, a handful of you, uh, at least a few thousand, which I'm very, very grateful for, but I wanna hear from you more. So tweet me, please, at attack on the old Twitter sphere. And if you want, uh, you know, we're gonna talk about cars quite a bit here. Um, I had an experience recently, which has further cemented my love and appreciation for Tesla. When I bought that thing, it's a lease. When I leased that Tesla, it was a couple of emails back and forth with somebody about inventory, what they had, what the rate was gonna be, ba-ba-ba. Okay, here's the price of the car. And I knew that what I was paying was what someone else would pay because there's no real dealership i mean there's showrooms and there's occasional discounts and deals as they're trying to make quarterly quotas and profits okay but for the most part by and large you're paying what it's what the price is there's no there's no oh uh, what race are you what ethnicity what gender oh cool well this is going to be your price nope doesn't exist it's on the box or on the, the window, I guess. That's the price, that's it. It's one small aspect of uh, the car buying and uh, I guess I guess return process as well, which is what I'm gonna get to. It's just one small aspect of the company that I love. And the reason I love them even more is that last week I had to return a lease. And that is a story of uh, terror, of lies, of deceit, of finger pointing and, and fist waggling. It was an epic journey, and I'm going to tell the entire story on the Office Hours podcast. And you're like, what is that? More content to not care about? Yeah. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening on YouTube and on Twitch, believe it or not, until they find out and boot me off their platform. It's happening on both. So if you want to follow all of that, again, interact with me at Attack on the Twitter sphere, I'm constantly tweeting out links and whatnot's there. Or you can go to patreon.com slash pointlesspod and back this podcast. And we have a playlist of all the videos, all the office hour stuff, even the Pointless podcast. It's all there. If you want to throw a couple dollars my way to support this endeavor, I'm giving them all to charity. I've given up hope that I will ever make a profit on any of this stuff. And that's totally fine. It's actually very freeing. But what I'd like to do is A, have one, all in one place for you to get information on what's going on. Patreon.com slash pointlesspod serves that purpose. But B, have a giving back component to it. Uh, So every month we donate every dollar that comes into charity. I have no idea how it's gonna screw with my taxes this year. I just know it's not gonna be fun, but it doesn't matter. It's for a good cause, always. And you get a voice in what that cause is. So I'm rambling. That's what I do. You know that by now. You haven't unsubscribed. And I fucking thank you for that. Patreon.com slash pointless pod. Get all the links, get all the videos. And if you want, we're live on YouTube and on Twitch three days a week, every morning uh, of those days <laughs> with office hours. It's me yapping sometimes with Alex. Uh, I think we're going to cycle in some guest hosts as well. But we're just yapping about stuff. And I'm going to tell the least return story. And I promise it is an emotional roller coaster. At least it was for me. You might disagree, but you have to tune in to find out if you think I'm a liar. So there you go. Uh, in the meantime, the reason for the season. It's Jack Stewart. Here he is, as a guest, on the Pointless Podcast. That's that's like go time. Music. That's go. It was a jaunty little thing, like hey, it's let's bring it slayer. in. And I liked that you went full, like um, you know, is it beats worldwide? You went single headphone, because you want to hear the DJ. You want to hear what's happening. You want one ear on the dance floor, another on the subs. This is not my first time with the, that's the, with the headphones. That's I'm, that's I'm the proper way it. To make it. Well, you are here to, to drop your new singles, so let's go ahead and shout out the <laughs> SoundCloud and give us a taste. Can I play it live? Yeah, you've gone full trap, which is an interesting choice. You went for... <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, and I guess in-betweeners as well, welcome to the Pointless Podcast. My guest today is a writer and a large reason why I am a Tesla fanboy. Jack Stewart is here. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. That's thank a a lot of responsibility. Uh, Well, but thank you. You're you're done. Your responsibilities are done. I already got the vehicle. I'm very, very pleased with it, despite... That having criticisms bit, I'm like, of the company and the vehicles, now you're done. You're not responsible for that. the the warranty, the chassis to chassis or the front end to back end warranty. Bumper to bumper. Thank you. That's what that's what his. Ch- I'm like chassis. To ch- <laughs> How many chassis do these electric cars have? And, uh, tons. I checked the manifold, the overhead cam, and the shaft, and I think uh, the car runs, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, you are uh, uh, an amazing writer. You write for for Wired. You're an uh, auto and tech enthusiast. So I think the Venn diagram Tesla sits right in that little sweet spot? Yeah. The, the noogity
1: center? It does. It's funny. It's become sort of a, a key part of my life, that one company these days. It used to be just be a little small side player in sure. what I did. And I'd write about the bigger picture about electric cars and the future of autonomous vehicles and all these things. And now it's like Tesla, Tesla, Tesla.
0: Well, And you writing know, about them at a time when it was an electric car. It's like, yeah, there there is one. It's, it's basically you have to pull it back on the carpet so it builds up enough friction and then let the car go. And that was... That was cool for the time. Or put one in those little slots and (laughs) pull back the trigger and have it like spin on the track. Yeah, exactly. Try not to fly off the corners. Um, You were writing about this for the BBC?
1: Uh, Yes. So I I was doing um, a lot of writing and, and radio for the BBC back. Sort of, I started covering Tesla and cars back in about 2006, 2007. This was when, this was the Roadster days? Yeah, so with Tesla it was the Roadster. They developed that, I don't know if you remember the Roadster came from um, a a Lotus. The Lotus, yeah. Yeah. Which was the,
0: uh, the beginning of a series of unfortunate events for Tesla where even back then people were saying, oh the company's doomed because they're trying to adapt this Lotus and they had a bunch of issues trying to do that, right? And all the other electric car companies at the time, because it was that, that sort of huge
1: proliferation of all these startups saying, we're mm-hmm. gonna do this, you know, we're gonna make this real, and then we had that huge crash in 2008, as in financial crash, not car right. crash, um, and Tesla is the only one that seemed to have managed to really kind of scrape through, but yeah, they were developing, um, doing a lot of development work in the UK, because that's where Lotus is from, and I was in the UK at the time, and went and drove um, the Roadster around a development track in the UK, I didn't really think much of it at the time. I mean, this was when the company uh, Elon Musk was never even mentioned. He was just an investor in the company at that mm. point. Um, he's since had his name written in as a co-founder, so that he gets full credit for it all. Um, and the car, you know, I thought, well, that's it's kind of fun to go and drive this electric car. I did a little radio feature on it, and then didn't really think very much about it. Again hardly, for
0: a while, but. hardly the transformative experience that I was going to assume that it was. That conversion on, on contact, which happens with, I think, VR and maybe methamphetamine. I. Th- <laughs> (laughs) But... You're sitting in this roadster. It's the future. This is a, a, a hyper-powered go-kart riding on electrons. It didn't immediately grab you by the collar and shake you. I mean, it did. Say, it was incredible. And
1: I've got this great piece of radio. This, this audio recording of me basically screaming when you put your foot down and yeah. you get thrown back in it. The same experience you have in Teslas today. But I thought it was so niche. You know, it was a little mm. two-seater. It's great. It's good for rich people who want to spend a hundred thousand pounds or dollars <laughs> on a little two-seater roadster right. and don't mind plugging yeah. it in. Every Somebody's going to use else.
0: this to show off their privilege at a very expensive, expensive, expensive golf resort. They're going to quickly get through every single hole on their roadster, (laughs) but it's not going to be a $30,000 sedan that's self-driving in 10 years. Yeah, and as far
1: as I knew, that wasn't even in the the company's plan. I don't think Elon Musk wrote that road plan for a few years after that, Sure. so it
0: wasn't even... He didn't probably write actually. the road plan either. Someone else wrote it and then 10 years later he put his name on it, right, retroactively.
1: Yeah, I don't know. No, that one I would, I would give him.
0: <laughs> I think he probably did. It was so kind of out there that you need somebody like Elon Musk to write that. Oh, well, what in do you five think? five years
1: we're going to build this cheap electric car.
0: Do you think he had the, the sort of the grand vision? Uh, some would say he still doesn't have the grand vision, but we'll get to that. But do you think he had the vision then or was it I'm going to invest in this thing, we'll see where it goes and then he slowly but surely saw what it could be and then got really hands-on.
1: I think probably More the latter, Mm -hmm. Uh, but who knows? I mean, I don't really know his motivation back at that point. He's certainly passionate enough about it now that you can imagine him being passionate about it from the beginning, and I don't believe he would have put his money into something that he didn't believe in, and and he seems to be the type of guy who's driven by passion and stuff that he's interested in, and you know, he sees himself as a designer and an engineer and things, so you could definitely see that he would have gotten involved right at Mm -hmm. the very beginning and been making some of these decisions about how the car was to be developed and how the company was to be developed.
0: I would believe that. Some would say uh, just a series of unfortunate decisions. Every time he logs onto social media, every time he bans a certain color from a factory (laughs) because it's unpleasing to his eyes. I've read no short, and I'm gonna be, full disclosure, love Tesla, have one, and have invested in the company. I'm all in, you know, in so many ways that doesn't mean I can't look at them with an ounce of objectivity at times and say, oh, well, this this isn't the right practice or this isn't good. Or even my, my latest experience with Tesla service was not phenomenal. It wasn't what I, what I know Tesla to be. I've had experience with them before. So well, there's a lot to cover. I'm so glad you're here because you, I, 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 please let's get into short selling very quick. We can get into Tesla, what they're doing. I'm taking for granted that people that are listening to this know what Tesla is, know the cars they make, understand, some semblance of their vision, this short-selling thing has blown my mind. I wasn't really aware of short-sellers. I mean, there was the movie The Big Short, which I I think I saw, there was Margot Robbie in a bathtub, and that's what I really remember from the movie. (laughs) But I know, like, short-selling, please... Enlighten me. i had
1: to learn it too. I mean, my background is engineering. That's how I got into covering cars. That's what I care about, really, is the engines or the motors and the batteries and all that stuff. And now covering Tesla, I'm like, I'm having to learn about stock markets and SECs and lawsuits and Twitter. um, But yeah, the short sellers seem to be the thing that are really driving Elon Musk crazy right now. He is really not happy about the short sellers and it's kind of interesting because he replied to one of his own tweets in the the last couple of weeks um, from 2012 where he said short sellers are kind of maligned you know I, I i think that people don't give them the credit they're due or something along those lines hmm. and then he wrote uh, in the last couple of weeks he replied to it and said um actually the last few years have made me realize that actually short sellers are very fairly maligned and his big beef with them is Basically, these are people who are betting against companies. Short sellers are kind of the opposite of regular investors. Right. So where you have regular investors, they buy stock in a company and they hold it and they hope that the value of the company increases and therefore the value of their little share, their stock in the company goes up as well. And so I suppose you could say that they are literally invested in the company doing well. Mm-hmm. Short sellers borrow shares from pretty much these huge uh, kind of industrial, well, not industrial, that's not the right word, but these these big um you know the shareholders. People that like, have massive collections. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, institutional. That's the word I was looking for. Starts with an I. Yep.
0: Um, so imagine you're, the so the, the 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 suit and tie, the cigar chomping. Uh, some some. If this if the Titanic were around today, the people on the upper decks, they're sitting around the piles decks. and piles of shares spilling caviar onto it they're holding them and what they say to the short sellers is okay you want to bet against this company I'm gonna let you borrow some of these shares
1: yeah here I you rank go for them um, and take them the short sellers then immediately sell them for that day's or that week's price and then hope that the value of the company falls at which point they buy the shares back return them to the original owner and pocket the difference
0: in the value. okay all right so so normal investor you're at the craps table Elon's rolling the dice. You're betting with him, right? I'm six and eight. I'm on the pass line. Let's go. I've been to a casino. I think these are words that work out. Chassis to chassis. A- I'm throwing the money around. I get words. I'm really smart. <laughs> More coffee. Yeah. But then you get the short seller who's there betting against the guy rolling the dice, which no, it happens in Vegas. You can make a lot of money that way. No one at the table typically likes that guy. And if you're that guy that's cheering when someone craps out, you're like, fuck you. Yeah. I get that you made yours, but get out, get out of here. We were we were in this together. That's kind of how... But the, the mechanics of it are still... And you did a great job in your art, article of distilling it. It's the first time I've read something about short selling and gone, oh, I kind of get the practice now. But in this case, I borrowed the shares from an institution that has yeah, a, a And ton say that them. they're valued
1: at $420, sure. say, that day. Yeah. You go and you sell them for $420 a piece. Dang. But you still owe whatever it is, 10 shares back to that right guy who lent them to you. So then hopefully Elon Musk sends out some tweets overnight. The share price tanks to 320. You buy the shares back, give them back to the guy who lent them to you and you've made a profit of $100 per each share.
0: And that's because the guy that I'm giving them back to is going to give me the money that they were originally worth when I bought them. But how, where is that coming from? Where is that profit coming from?
1: The profit's coming from the difference in you selling them Say you've got 10 shares, you sell them at 420 a share, that's $4,200. Got it, they're
0: not giving me any money, I'm saying, hey, I bought these from you, here they are back, you can have them. Loan is closed out. Returned it, paid my interest, whatever you, the,
1: the agreement was. I was gonna,
0: okay, so the short sellers do get some interest in this yeah, game, right? They're like, the longer you hold on to my shares, the more you're gonna owe me, potentially.
1: Or monthly interest, or whatever it is. And, it. and actually, that's the way a lot of these big funds, including probably anybody who has a 401k, <sighs> your fund might actually be involved in some of this. It's how they make a lot of their money, and therefore how you make a lot of your money on your investments. Uh, it's okay. it's, it's it, I mean, the stock market is just
0: incredible. I mean, it's all gambling. Yeah. It's all gambling, and the, but one of the bigger problems with it, in my opinion is that it's 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 gambling but the house in this case uh can be a handful of billionaires who want to manipulate a certain sector forget a a single company they want to manipulate entire sectors of industry in a certain way and normally when you're throwing money down on the table and you're rooting for a company you go okay fine maybe they're going to lobby for a certain thing to help a company okay I, i get that it's all to make a profit but when you're betting against someone that's when it starts to get very, 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 it's very, very dark. It's a very gray area for me.
1: And that's definitely what Elon would argue is that these uh, short sellers now have a financial incentive, sometimes a huge financial incentive, yes. to go out there and find negative stories, spread negative stories, share them. You know, Anything they can do to make the share price fall increases the amount of profit they've got to get. And it becomes even more of an issue if the share price is going up because these short sellers are out of pocket while they're ch- price is going up, right. potentially the price could go up you know, in, infinitely. It, there's no limit on the amount of money that a short seller can lose, which is why your typical investor doesn't do it. You know, if you buy normal shares, the limit of your loss is the amount of money that you put in. You can right. lose your entire original investment. Right. But, no, but here you could be
0: on the line yeah, for infinity yeah. until <laughs> the end like, of
1: days. Goes all the way up to whatever. That's how much you've got to pay to buy those shares back at some point.
0: So now, how shorted is Tesla? Is it one of the most shorted stocks in the in the world? It is. The, it, I have read at various points this
1: year that it is the most shorted, certainly on the U.S. stock exchange. Yeah. But it is worth pointing out that um, others are as well. Amazon, in particular, is often very shorted because it's another one of these interesting companies that doesn't really make a profit. Mm-hmm. It kind of, you know, constantly runs on. Who knows what fumes? I think it's it's unicorn farts, (laughs) right? It's just
0: rainbow, (laughs) rainbow laced unicorn farts, just like Silicon Valley. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so Tesla certainly not the only shorted stock. One of the most shorted stocks. What I don't understand, which is is a lot, it's a it's a growing list day by day. What I don't understand is that is that Tesla can or Elon can send out a tweet, SEC wants to investigate him for that because that tweet had ripples uh, through the investors and it, it definitely it manipulated the stock in some way. When we'll get to maybe you agree, agree or disagree with that, I recently sent a very benign in my opinion tweet about Tesla out into the ether about how I'm a proud owner of Tesla stock and a vehicle, but I was disappointed with my most recent service experience. And what I saw were like six Twitter accounts immediately leaping on that, retweeting Uh, that, and saying, ha, adding dollar sign TSLA to it and trying to make awareness that uh, here. And then they started attacking me for being a proud owner, saying that it's weird to take pride in ownership of something like a vehicle or or, uh, shares of a company. And I tried to unpack that and go through it and was getting no real quality interaction, what were the odds, on Twitter. And when I delved a little deeper into their accounts, I saw that it was just a sea of anti-Tesla, anti-Elon, anti-everything rhetoric, basically. And, And memes, but then it got worse than memes there would be screen grabs of like blogger articles saying that a, like a blind item that a certain ceo is going crazy and his ex-wives want a 5150 hold on him and then 5150 became like a meme in and of itself is that like the mental illness that's exactly what it is right. yeah like a mental illness hold so here were, was a, like a cabal of twitter accounts which i'm sure was just the tip of the short sell iceberg of these uh these uh, these my, no investment advice, just my opinions in their Twitter bio, and then it's just a timeline of investment advice saying to stay the fuck away from Tesla, the CEO's going crazy. It seemed as if A handful of Twitter accounts could say whatever they want about the company, spread whatever misinformation they wanted, and there's zero ramifications.
1: And they can. I mean, there's nothing illegal about either short selling or about spreading information on Twitter or anywhere else. Uh, The other um, symbol I've started seeing recently is dollar sign T-S-L-A-Q. And I believe the Q means... uh, bankrupt. That's the what they add to the stock ticker when a company folds. Is what I've read. So, that's, so they're already that's, trying to seed yeah, that. Yeah, and that's and get the latest on one. Um, and to to write that story that you've been talking about, I had to follow a load of these short seller type accounts on Twitter and get in touch with some of them and try
0: and get their point of I'm view. So sorry,
1: It has made my Twitter feed a really um, interesting.
0: <laughs> it's like when I when I engage my father on his racist Facebook (laughs) posts like the 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 algorithm thinks like I really like Pepe the frog you know I really want to make this country great again I'm like no 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 I'm actually engaging to say (laughs) this is wrong yeah and so now I, I do get a lot
1: of these more negative stories and it's really interesting because it is you know even I consider myself quite informed quite well educated I understand how the internet works I understand something about Tesla and you still read these articles
0: and you're like oh oh you know oh maybe I should be a little concerned about you know whatever's going on um, well, maybe, now maybe I'm too quick to judge. Please enlighten me. You've interacted with these trolls to, uh, tro- I'm sorry, the shorts. <laughs> I, 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 I yeah, was a genuine slip up because I'm sure there are many very pragmatic, very educated and, and very, um, uh, reasoned short sellers Absolutely. the accounts that I saw 100% trolling but that was my limited interaction so what did you see what is the short seller argument and it does it hold water yeah I spoke to some very
1: reasoned reasonable people and you know it, sometimes they're really giant investors who are doing these short selling, big hedge fund managers mm-hmm. um, because you've got to have a lot of money to, to back this sure. kind of gamble um and uh they think, A, it's a way to make a lot of money because they do believe that this company is not sustainable the way it's running. Tesla has yet to show a profit for any length of time. I think it's one quarter in its entire history. Right, it's- I remember
0: that. They're like, hey, you slashed some prices on the certified pre-owns and we did it. Yeah. We're making money. Now we need billions to
1: build the three. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe uh, this quarter just gone and the last quarter of this year, you know, Elon Musk keeps hinting. That we'll see Tesla be profitable, and certainly they've been cranking those Model Threes out of the mm-hmm. factory. And there was a huge push at the end of the quarter just finished to, to, to yeah pop up a tent them. and grab
0: a super soaker filled with red metallic paint, Straight blast it on the cars. Let's go. Get the friends and family to come in and like sell
1: them out of the the, the not the dealerships but yes. the delivery centers. Yeah. You know, come on to help everybody. It's all so, so th- we could see numbers. um but that's one of the short-seller arguments is that, you know, that this is the correct gamble on this company. But also they see themselves, a lot of them, as kind of um, crusaders, you know, like the – is it the white knight hackers or yeah. white hat hackers who go in and find vulnerabilities in companies? Mm-hmm. They're – some of them that I spoke to see that they are finding um, faults and flaws with this company that Tesla is hiding or burying or whatever and um, bringing them to light and letting normal investors know that some of these things are going on and maybe they should be more cautious with their money Mm -hmm. or, you know, not rushing out to buy one of these cars. Um, It really gets muddy then as to their motives because obviously they also make money.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. I I was like, look, if you're, if
0: you're, um, If you're on horseback with a lantern saying, hey, this is the end of times for this company, be aware, that's fine. But if you are hoping to put a bunch of coins in the war chest back home when that happens, I have to wonder, why are you raising that awareness? Why are you so vigilant? And could that cause you to share misinformation or a blog post that's completely fabricated about a CEO going insane?
1: Yeah. And what sort of uh, relationships are going on behind the scenes between... The uh, groups that are very pro unionizing the Tesla factory, for example, Mm -hmm. and some of these short seller accounts or, you know, we just don't know. It's, It's not clear what's happening behind the scenes and what all these motivations are, which is what makes it so interesting.
0: So when Elon tweets about potentially taking the company private and having the money on hand or having the investors lined up, I read that as someone who owns shares and said, cool. Do it, because I don't like that you're beholden to these quarterly reports. I I, I understand you're not going to make a profit for a while. It's funny how so many, uh, if you have a cool app or an electric scooter startup or whatever, no one really wrings r- your hands yeah. over not making a profit. Or if That's you're just- Amazon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, so, so I'm fine with that. Go ahead and take it private. SEC stepped in and said, hey, wait a minute. This 420 tweet really manipulated some stuff got his slap on the wrist, which was pretty, pretty forceful, right? He's no longer allowed to, he can stay CEO, but he's no longer allowed to be on the board for a couple years. Yeah.
1: He can't be chairman of the board, but it was, it was more messy than that again, cause he's Elon Musk. And right. you know, it's like everybody you talk to says, just settle with the sec. Don't mess around. You know, if they come after you, they've probably got good cause. You're probably not going to win a case against them. And he refused reportedly a settlement with them and caused them to actually come out and sue him. Which was going to lead, you know, to a full case, and, and the consequences of that could have been huge. They could have removed him as CEO of the company Sheesh. by banning him from, you know, being CEO of any public company for any number of years. Um, so that caused the stock price to tank, and right. then a, a day later he then accepts the settlement,
0: and the stock price pops back, back up. up. But, but the then settlement
1: f- was worse than the one that he reportedly had turned down before. So you know, he's just like,
0: well, and he then he called it? them the but the short seller short se- short selling exchange commission uh, or something. Which, yeah, yeah that's even, right. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude, come on.
0: Okay, so so like, I, I'm I'm rambling. You're the expert. That tweet was it inappropriate in your eyes? Um, Some
1: of the experts that we have spoken to in researching this, and again, you know, my background's engineering, so I'm learning this stuff, um, have said that, yeah, it was inappropriate to put out a tweet or even potentially illegal to to tweet something. The tweeting bit's okay. Tesla has pretty much established that Elon's Twitter channel is a legitimate source of company information, so, you know, that's all they have to do. But to say that funding was secured and Mm. give a price... When it then turned out funding was not secured, that was the dodgy bit. That's because the Because that's the bit that could be seen as manipulative. You know, if he says, I've secured funding at 420 so $420 a share, that technically, you would think, would cause everybody to rush out and buy stock as long as it was under 420 because they knew it was about to be bought out at 420 Um And it did cause the stock price to go up a bit sure. that day. Not all the way to 420 which indicates that people didn't really trust that. He really was serious, right. or did have it secured, um, and then it sort of quickly came careering down again. And he released the blog post saying, "Well, I've been talking to the Saudi Arabian wealth fund, and my understanding was they were cool with it, but we didn't really
0: <laughs> sign anything." That doesn't pass the SEC yeah, sniff no, test, apparently. It's not quite enough. So, um, th- so is the company doomed? Uh, I know that's the the ten million dollar question yeah. or ten billion dollar question, but you know what? I mean. Uh, Obviously, he needs to lay off Twitter for a minute or at least get back to talking about rockets and autonomous driving features because I think that excites everybody. But I'm now seeing between the trolley short sellers that seem to be getting to him and understandably, I'd be really, really uh, shaken if if my little bubble was burst constantly by uh, a group of people who are literally betting against me each and every day. But if he would get off Twitter, maybe he wouldn't see so many of them. And I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. And what I'm also seeing now are people who are believers in the company and the mission and, and guys like myself who are holding on to stock going like, hey, take your time. This is a marathon. Mm. Don't let this noise get in the way. They're saying, hey, you're not helping us out. You're not making things easier for guys like us. And so I wonder like, shit, what, I'm holding on for dear life, but am I crazy? Do you see Tesla making it through this? Uh, I'm an
1: optimist. I would like to see them making through this. And um, I think if you look back at this year, it feels like it's been an utterly insane year for Tesla. But if you actually split it out, I think it's been an insane year for Elon Musk. And Tesla's actually had a really, really good year. Mm -hmm. Um, They are pumping those Model 3s out of the factory. The last quarter, we got the production numbers um, just recently. And uh, they are now producing almost twice as many, or maybe even more than twice as many Model 3s Wait, or is it 50% more? I'd have to look at my graph. But
0: they're producing, you the know, more more threes going than
1: S's and X's. Yeah, moving up, it's a hockey stick. curve stuff. is going yeah. right up. There.
0: They got three more pop-up tents. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> two tents away from throwing Coachella in their factory parking lot, basically. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, wh- might as well. <laughs> and Elon Musk is,
1: like, friends with all of those rock stars. I'm sure he's people, dating or, the
0: headliner of next uh, year's Coachella, so why not?
1: <laughs> totally. Oh, my God, that would be great. And they could sell a load of cars to yeah. drunk people at the end
0: of each day. <laughs> Look, you're you're too plastered to get this back, but throw on the autopilot, okay, it's going to get yeah, you there. <laughs> so they got the numbers up? Yeah, they got the numbers up. It's one of the fastest selling sedans in its category. Beating and not- everything. Yeah. yeah,
1: beating the BMW 3 Series, um, yeah. Mercedes sales I read yesterday.
0: It still um, blows my mind. I, w- I I haven't seen a real commercial on TV in ages because it cut the cord and, and I pirate everything else. But I, I was watching a, a show the other night and a car commercial came on and I was like, oh, right they still have to buy those things to get awareness for their vehicles and their new this and the new Chevy whatever. Tesla hasn't bought a single ad. And that is one thing about Elon Musk tweets. I mean, they do keep that company in the headlines oh, yeah.
1: non-stop. And Tesla does actually sort of declare in their stockholder letter, you know, we uh, we depend on or we rely on uh, media coverage. And to date, we've been very successful in keeping Tesla in the headlines and have not had to have a huge budget
0: for marketing. Sure. And um, it seems like every time one backs into a stop sign or a telephone pole, the headlines are Tesla involved in accident. Autopilot was not engaged or whatever else, but it's always it's always a big deal when anything happens to or with a Tesla. Yeah,
1: it's weird, isn't it? I like how, yeah. how much it's really caught the public attention in general now. I mean, only a couple of years ago, I would mention Tesla in passing and people would be like, what's that? Oh, that that's that company that does the electric cars, whatever. Um, and now everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows who Elon Musk is. He was this kind of, you know, slightly... Eccentric engineering type entrepreneur who flew rockets and made cars and now he's like whoa yeah Iron Man.
0: he's he's Iron Man yeah yeah so you got Iron Man at the helm still but maybe not chairman of the board that's going to Carrot Top that's a deep cut mm-hmm. don't IMDb that so you got they got the num- Model Three been pumping out like mad they got a a, a, a semi truck in the pipeline that we've seen, we know that's happening. The S and, and uh, the X are still selling very well.
1: Yeah, they're making uh, the batteries for all their energy storage solutions and, and countries around the world are beginning to take those up. I haven't seen many of the solar roofs that they promised installed mm-hmm. yet, but you know they have a lot of directions that they can go. They have a lot of cool products that people are excited about and they're beginning to deliver on some of the promises. I mean, albeit a little bit slowly, but that's sort of par for the course. Mm-hmm. So I think Tesla the company is gonna do fine. Um, Elon Musk has had a little bit more of a tumultuous year um and maybe needs to just kind of uh, slow it down a bit yeah take a step back Yeah. Have it, a holiday or a vacation
0: yes even if you told me hey Kevin I know you got a couple shares but and it's going to dip it's going to dip $20 a share because Elon's going to go to a Sandals resort for a week <laughs> be like dude musk go hit that buffet Go dip your toes in that water. <laughs> Let your toenails dissolve because of all the chlorine. Go for it. As long it. as there's only chlorine. Whatever, whatever it is, else is in that. Go to hedonism and bring whatever you got to that party. Just fine. Go for it. We'll take that hit because you need it. Because when I see stories of you uh, camping out in a fetal position on the assembly line, trying to fix a robot arm and inspire a team, I mean, it's great that you will roll up the sleeves that far. Yeah. He'll cut them off and make a tank top. Great. But, like, you're the CEO you maybe should be putting people in place to handle that for you. And that is what he loves is getting involved and, you know, being a chief
1: designer and, and, and being an engineer. So yeah, I, I don't know why he wouldn't do that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, why not take a different role? And you know, he doesn't want to give up the power and the glory and everything of being the head of one of these companies, but um, he seems to manage that quite well at SpaceX, where he has a COO, a chief operations officer who does the day-to-day running for right. him. And that company it's doing great and isn't making crazy negative headlines. You know, it's headlines are amazingly positive as we see it launching over California and everybody's in awe. And he still manages to be the figurehead. He just doesn't have to be involved in every little itty bitty thing. And if he does want to be involved in the itty bitty things, well then, you know, appoint other people to manage the, like you say, manage the company. And maybe that will happen with this SEC sanction against him. Now Tesla does have to have a new chairman of the board who knows how, independent that person will be i don't know how they're going to appoint them and they um also have to have two new independent board members at the moment tesla's board of directors is pretty stuffed with elon's family and friends Mm -hmm. who will just agree to you know anything that he says um so it'll be interesting whether that sort of helps things settle down a little bit going forwards
0: now one of the uh tinfoil hat uh conspiracy theories that i ran across was that the uh Uh, chairman of the SEC has some sort of relationship, I don't know if it was his wife or something like that, with someone at Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs has a a large short-selling stake uh, in Tesla, and they want to get uh, Goldman Sachs, more more favorable folks on the board, and this is a chance for them to do it. This is a chance for the SEC and Goldman to manipulate Tesla from the inside. And now We've had many chats. We know that jet fuel can't melt steel beams. But how crazy is this one?
1: I mean, that sounds like a lot. So I don't have any personal information
2: about that. Alex, uh, put
0: more yarn on the wall. We just confirmed it.
2: Okay. Jack, connecting the links. Jack Jack it's all just coming together. It.
0: Put Goldman, Frog's Gay, Tesla, Short Cell.
1: Okay. Thank you. Feel like the SEC is going to be waiting outside the door. When I'm done. I'm
0: like, no,
1: don't say more weed references. Four twenty. No, and let's definitely not start smoking like he did on a podcast.
0: Yeah. What, uh- I, look, I love Rogan as much as the next guy. And I love Tesla and Elon as much as the next guy. But that he didn't do himself any favors no. with that.
1: Unless, conspiracy theory again, you know, there was something else going on that he was drawing attention away from. That's what people always say when he does something super crazy or starts oh. tweeting things. They're like, oh, what's has there been a crash? You know, Is the factory on fire? Was right. Elon on TV smoking? One
0: of the robotic assembly arms went insane. Yeah. Maybe started cutting off heads or servicing people on the line. We don't know how they roll at Tesla.
2: Is it a coincidence that he smoked weed and then immediately there was video games in teslas like do you think that was a coincidence that he thought of that and he's like we need games in these cars mm. <laughs> i'm high as balls
0: <laughs> i think the development timeline had the games in the pipeline first i think it did but i prefer this theory it's so way better that's i'll, yeah, I'll move my yarn yeah add more yarn thank okay. you alex yeah, do you have to go to michael's again <laughs> yeah it's like crafting supplies joe
2: ann's kicked me out i just tried to grab as much as i couldn't run
0: he makes his collages at the Joanns. He goes right into the aisle and starts connecting yeah. dots that nobody wants. And then he's covered in glitter glue and puff paint. It's really bad. He starts huffing it. Um the glitter glue. So so video games it, video games in a firmware update. I love it in theory. I love it in theory. What I don't love is that there are some people who paid Ten to $15,000 for enhanced autopilot on the promise that as of December of last year, we were gonna see a Tesla drive itself from the West Coast to the East Coast, fully autonomous. And they're just now getting, uh, well actually no, they delayed yeah, it. They were supposed to get automatic lane changes. So I love that they're putting asteroids in there. I love that you could put in a pin now to drive, and if it were any other car company, you wouldn't expect any updates whatsoever. You know, you got your Chevy Volt, cool. Yeah. I, I hope CarPlay works for you. You're not getting any other updates for that thing. Does It's not gonna happen. But it's Tesla, so we go, okay, cool, they're gonna add features, but are they focusing too much on the cute bells and whistles and not the meat and potatoes, which should be the features that people are losing money on on a monthly lease?
1: Well, this is Elon Musk's genius. Is that he's, you know, <laughs> he's true. like a magician. It's his sleight of hand, you know. That's when he's smoking pot on Rogan. Exactly, and you know, that's what made the headlines, not the fact that, you know, they hadn't delivered on whatever he promised for that week. Um, and now it's all about, hey, I've got asteroids in my, have you found that Easter egg yet, by the way? I yeah. have
0: not because no. my, my car that has that is currently in a service oh. center because the power steering went out. Oh. So I got to feel the full weight of the Tesla as I was trying to drive it out of Joshua Tree with no power steering is it whatsoever. Even it is, and it's it's like, it is a boxing match. It is, You're grappling, basically. So get up to some speed. and Exactly, yeah. So me pulling it's over scary. at a supercharger and then trying to back out of the supercharger, <laughs> cranking the wheel it's like, like the this. Old multiple days. Trans- yeah, people were staring at me like, this fucking idiot, is he on that Tesla weed? Like, what is going on here? No idea what he's doing. I'm like, my car is dead. It's fine. So I can't wait to get it back. Have they explained why it failed? Nope. The 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 handful of text updates that I've received from Tesla, which I love that they text you, so convenient and easy. And usually in the past it's been great. Um the handful of updates that I've got was that your your the power steering wiring harness basically shit the bed. I don't know if that means it got unplugged or fell out. No details there. Uh and then they've been trying to upsell me on tires for twelve hundred (laughs) dollars. $900 $900 worth of tires. they make a profit. An installation quarter. thing. And then a $200-something alignment. And I went, cool, the exact tires you're selling me are $500 retail. And I get you have to make a profit. 15% I'd be cool with. But I'm not spending $1,200 on a, on a tire change. Yeah. That's not happening. So been a little disappointed there. But what really scared me was that the last two times I, were, I was there uh, at a Tesla service center, I overheard employees openly bad-mouthing Elon. And... I guess that's what you get when the CEO is such a prominent figure that people feel like they can reference them to their their customers, right? Because everybody goes like, oh, the last time it was someone had an issue with their Model 3 paint, which I know was a a broader issue because they were kind of rushing these things out and probably painting them in a parking lot, which happens, you know? Um, And so they were getting him back in and he's like, I was having some paint bubbling. They're like, listen, it's going to be a few weeks. And the guy's like, a few weeks? For some bubbling paint, I waited forever for this car. I just got it. You I've know, paid you exactly you have my yeah. money now. Yeah, you've had my thousand dollar deposit. I sold ages. my other car or traded it in. So he's like, I'm going to be for we, and they're going to give him a loan, or They're going to get him an S or whatever else. So we hopefully that's okay. okay. But you know, he's like, come on, what's going to go on? And the response was, well, you know, our uh, head honcho, you know how he's been a little wild lately. I don't know if you've seen, you know, almost rolling the problems in under that. Like, hey, you, you want to kick yeah, it up to the top? Tweet Elon at Elon. Yeah, and they're just like you know he's very exacting, so it's going to take weeks. We have a new process, so on one hand, that's great that they have a new process that's going to stop there from being uh, stop there from being pain issues. On the other hand, at what other company would that be okay to just sort of openly badmouth the CEO because a customer has a problem? Yeah. And I've seen that twice now.
1: Yeah, and again, it's part of the the, the cult of Elon and the, and the positives and the negatives of that. I suppose is that, I mean, we're just calling him Elon. I mean, who else do you reference by just their first name? It's like Madonna and Elon. <laughs> right. I mean, right? They're
0: uh, they're both obsessed obsessed with pop stars and cone bras, so it makes sense. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and we feel like we know him personally because of his tweeting and everything else. And that's one of his huge strengths is that customers do go on and they tweet at him and they say, "Hey, I've got a problem," and he says, "Either we're going to fix it, or that will be in the next software update." and People love him for that. It's so
0: true. Fact, when they, when they, when he said like, oh, maybe we'll have some some guys who already own their Teslas come to the stores and help new customers. I was like, yeah, I guess I'd sign up for that. I'd volunteer for an hour. I love my car and I want to help out the company. Yeah. I guess I'd go on down there. I mean, I didn't, but the thought was there, and I that went, blew my mind.
1: I went by the store in Burbank that weekend, and I didn't really see many people, but I may have just been at a, a different time of day. I wondered if like, you know, hundreds of Tesla owners were going to descend on this store and just make things worse. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah. Um, it didn't seem that crazy but they did have a whole huge parking lot behind um that was just stacked with cars that I guess were waiting for we're
0: waiting for pickup
1: yeah I mean it was the last weekend of that quarter so I mean they were desperately trying to push them out so hopefully that parking lot is now empty. Now but another thing the short sellers were taking photos of was full parking lots. Right.
0: As it, you know, it's oh they cranked out all these vehicles but what's going on? Nobody then, wants to buy them. Right. And I don't think that's the case. I would I would I would bet on oh Elon's issue is he raised a, an issue that like shipping and like uh like the trucks, the flatbeds or the whatever the carts are that they actually deliver the vehicles on that they were running out of them logistically. So they were looking into building their own and solving that part of it. was a bit weird. Yeah. It's like,
1: you know, it's a, One of those tweets where you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you're like, hang on a minute. Is it really better to design and build your own trailer when you need one that weekend? I mean, is there nowhere in the country they could have, like, borrowed some from? No, they'd
0: rather whip up some CAD files and put on some welding masks and try to custom engineer a solution. They'll look really cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They'll hold one car very well. (laughs) Now... Uh, you, you recently wrote about, like, the Paris Auto Show, and, and, and it, there's, for, for a long time now, there's been no shortage of companies saying, like, look, Tesla's cute, but we know what we're doing. We know how to quickly ramp up. We know how to build these factories. We know how to make vehicles, and we're going to fucking crush Elon when we decide we're just going to get him under our thumb and just dial him in until he's just a fine powder. <laughs> and I haven't really seen a direct competitor Am I crazy or am I just not paying attention enough? Like, cause I had the Chevy Volt for a minute. I, f- totally fine car for the price point. I was very, very happy with it. Then they had the bolt. I- BMW is toying around, I think, with that i3 platform, but yeah. I, I, who who is gonna take Elon down? We're starting
1: to see some competitors, I think. I mean, I had the uh, Jaguar I-Pace on a press loan a um, couple of months, mm-hmm. months or so back now, and and that's a really, really good electric car that's in a similar sort of price point. I mean, it's not directly a to, the, to the To
0: the S and X or to the three? To the S and X, okay.
1: yeah. I'm not sure we're seeing much in competition to the lower price three, but we're also not not seeing the lower price three yet. Well, right, yeah, it's all selling at like 50 to 70k. And yeah,
0: so um, this is the uh, the i pace here. Yeah, so I mean, it's
1: a great. Co- I mean, it, okay. I like the way it looks. It's a little polarizing, perhaps. Oh, look, that's in London too. In I think background. that looks good. Is it is it full electric? Yeah, it's um, a 90 kilowatt hour battery pack, so it's very comparable to a Tesla. It gets um, slightly less range out of its 90 kilowatt hours than. Um, the Tesla gets out of sort of 75 or so so it's less efficient but it's an SUV
0: so you're going to expect that just like a gas SUV is less efficient sure. than a car um, interesting drove, styling bro. choice with the well, I like the big front grill but there's no need to pass air I'm assuming to a lot of the There's no engine in there. to cool but I spoke yeah.
1: to Ian Callum who's the the very famous designer who built this and actually can you see this kind of a scoop on the hood there? Yeah. So some of the air goes up over the top of the grill and uh, through that scoop up and over the windscreen and down the back, and it keeps the
0: airflow smooth all the way over. Oh, that's enhanced. Thank than you. I'll pinch <laughs> zoom. Thank <laughs> you, Alex. Kick up the forty-three D three. There we go. Okay, so that's not a purely cosmetic little no. indent on the and hood. And
1: electric cars still do need a little bit of air cooling as well for you know keep the electronics and the battery and stuff cool. Uh, and that's got the same as the um, the jag uh, the. Tesla's rather with the battery under the floor and kind of a skateboard sandwich. So no no big bump in the
2: back seat that you have to straddle like the Volt. No. Okay, that's cool. So so I guess my question is when when you're when someone's trying to like look into getting into uh, you know competing in a space like the electric car market is it better for someone like Jaguar who is definitely a luxury brand to try to take down Tesla who is a luxury brand or is it more likely that someone like a Chevy is going to make the electric car for the people like the Bolt and try to upset. Tesla's sales of the three by super undercutting them. Like what what is the better plan there? Is it better to be luxury brand and try to take them out at their own game or, or be, be the value brand?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. At the moment, people seem to be going for the luxury end because these cars are really expensive to make still. You know, batteries are expensive. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make sense to build these cars and sell them at $35,000. It makes sense to sell them at sort of $60,000, 80000 or more. And so that's what we're seeing with the Jaguar, with the um, Audi e-tron SUV, that Mercedes, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now.
0: They've Is all it got the, the, the EQC? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, the big one. SUV? Yeah, yeah people so are they're linking all that big, in big in the SUVs. Now.
1: And I think they'll do pretty well in the same market that Tesla does do well in. You know, the, the rich people of Beverly Hills and Silicon Valley that's a nice car too. I haven't
0: seen oh, it in flash. a Just a dank video right here of that EQC. Do you have it, Alex? Yep. I mean, come on now! Stepping on dubs and riding on electrons. It and makes looks pretty cool conventional. The compared it, to yeah, which I'm fine sport. with. Yeah. I know. I know. At first, they were like, "Oh, the studies show that when people are driving," this was, you know, old Prius days, like the very first gens or so. The the market research was that people who are driving electric cars want to stand out. They want people to know that they're driving a weird, half melted matchbox car, <laughs> that or just something like a Robert Corolla stickers. that's had way too many body mods on it. You know, like someone really went to town. Um, but now I like that they're looking more conventional and 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 getting pretty sleek in the process but do you know much about this eqc uh only what i've read i haven't driven or seen this one yet
1: but um i mean again it seems like it's you know a similar kind of 200 just a little bit over range is what we're going to expect in the u.s um similar sort of pricing biggish suv styling and that seems to be what people are going for uh, one thing i would say is you know we keep all of us, and I'm as guilty as this of anybody, as, as calling this, these Tesla competitors you, and saying that they're going to try to take down Tesla or right. take on Tesla. And I think there is room in the market for a lot more cars, a yes. lot more electric cars than we're seeing at the moment. There is room for all of these com- uh, companies.
0: I'm do. sure Elon would actually welcome some competition as well because at some point they're probably gonna have to tap his Gigafactory for some batteries as much as they don't wanna, it's like Apple needing Samsung to make displays for their iPhone. Right. Someone's gonna need yeah,
1: there's some interesting stuff. their
0: battery. Um, this is the I-Pace here that you were talking about, so you got to drive this one. So uh, the, the the feel of the vehicle? Super sporty, you know, it's, it's really, it's a strangely
1: sporty feeling because you sit quite high, like right. an SUV or a crossover, but the weight of the car is all low down because the battery's underneath, so the cornering and things were, it was amazing. Unlike a Tesla, it has a really, really good interior full of like knobs and dials and shiny bits and twisty bits, and you know, it's like,
0: feels like a real car inside, uh-huh. not a... Kind of a seat and an iPad. Some people go like I. I like the minimalism of. That. I haven't been in the three yet, so I don't know. That might be too much in one direction in terms of minimalism. Some people say I want analog buttons and cranks and knobs because I'm driving and I don't want to have to glance yeah. at a screen to tap. I do to think change that's the like airflow.
1: You know, just to like twist the volume or quick whatever. little knob. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah, I guess I'm getting used to touch screen. Everybody has even the IPace, which has the twisty thing, still has a touch screen for inputting your navigation and whatever else. And None of them are as good as Tesla's. Right. You know, beautiful big screen that's so fast and responsive and just works. You know, all of these other cars that I've experienced, you're still a bit slow and clunky and mm-hmm. waiting for them. And blah, blah, blah. Do
0: you think we're getting to a point, or we will get to a point where it's like, look, to an extent, they're all going to kind of drive and feel the same, right? its gonna, They're going to be battery, obviously there'll be your low end and then there'll be your luxury, but all things being equal, they're all, you're going to expect a high end, uh, electric vehicle to have good pickup, good handling, good this, good that, yeah. and now we look at, okay, well, what separates one vehicle from the next, and for me, maybe because I'm a giant nerd, it's the tech, and so I go, okay, what's the i doing that's gonna, do they have that tech wow factor, um, have they integrated feature sets, is their autopilot amazing, does it have over-the-air updates, what's the... Uh, is tesla so far in the lead or are they catching up quickly
1: you know i still think tesla is quite far in the lead these other companies all all claim to be catching up quite quickly to be fair to jaguar it doesn't say it has autopilot but it does have a a lane keep assistant with adaptive cruise control that works pretty well like an autopilot Mm -hmm. um it does have all over the air software updates or will um but still the tech is kind of you know, you just, then you get back into Tesla afterwards and, and the screen is just there and, and everything is fast and the maps are kind of Google Maps and you can understand how they work and yeah. you can pinch and zoom them. And it just feels so much more like the future than a regular car does. But some people love that regular car, feel still, and will for a few more generations. And the Model 3 that you're talking about, I mean, that really is super minimal. Um, for people who haven't been in it, there is nothing in front of the driver. Yeah, I'm going
0: to pull up the Model 3 interior. You see so Through the that. steering wheel, sort of straight over the dash and onto the road, there's uh, just one I got it. giant screen. Uh, in the middle yeah. of the car. He's gonna pull up a little video of it. It's insane, I mean, but even controlling the airflow from the vents is done via software. Screen, yeah.
1: yeah, and opening the glove box is done on the screen. It's um, it's pretty all-encompassing. But it's not as weird as I thought it would be. I had one for a few days that they lent me just to try it out, um, and so to look at the the speed, you have to glance down and to the right because it's all on this screen here in the mm-hmm. middle. See where that P is, that's where it displays the speed as well when you're actually driving. Um, But I quite liked it. You could see the road really clearly through the steering wheel with nothing in front of you. Um, And one day, I suppose the argument is these things will be increasingly
0: self-driving. So you need less information right in front of them. I'm gonna hit a button, my windshield's gonna black out and that's where I'm gonna be watching my Hulu or Uh my Pornhub or whatever (laughs) else. Don't judge me, I'm commuting. (laughs) I gotta (laughs) relieve some stress on the way into the office. Oh, that's so gross to think about. Oh, it's absolutely. I mean, it's happening now, let's be clear. There's gridlock enough on the 405 that you could Go ahead and you know take the edge off if you need to before you complete that These four lane merge. These things
1: have urge. fully glass roofs, so I would be careful doing it in a Tesla.
0: There's going to be electromagnetic tint on the higher ones, right? right? Now that's that'll be my dial to just dial up the privacy. When I go incognito, it's limo tint all around. We don't need to get into that. Yeah. Um, I want it <laughs> as open so as possible every time I see one yeah, of Yeah, Alex wants a sunroof. He wants to announce it to the world.
2: <laughs> Can I take the windshield off? I want to feel the wind.
0: Now, uh, w- when I look at that Model 3 and I see uh, the minimal interior and I hear about the autopilot stuff. Um, oh, th- there was the, the video of the cop pulling over the guy that was driving the Tesla. Did you see that? Uh, oh, because he had a computer on the dashboard? That's what he thought. Yes. He had basically duct tape his iPad to the dashboard I and know, then had to okay. be educated quickly on what it is. Do you, do you see there being hurdles to... You know, legislative ones, uh, you know, even just public mindset. Are there going to be hurdles to getting to the point where cars are actually fully autonomous and there's going to be a backlash of people saying, hey, wait, I don't understand this. I don't trust this. This is crazy. You shouldn't be distracted. You should always have a wheel and always have hands on it.
1: There already is. I mean, again, you can follow the, the right groups on Twitter and you have a, a ton of people who are kind of arguing for the human driver and, you know, stop all this. And actually, some of the safety groups are now starting to say as well that these sort of autopilot set- semi-self-driving kind of, but this human still has to stay in control systems are actually going to be it turn out to be a little more dangerous, certainly than we think they are now. Our
0: drivers going to just have a false confidence? Yeah, and it?
1: that's what we're seeing with Tesla already, we believe, is, you know, in some of these crashes where autopilot has been turned on and people have gone into things like highway barriers or the back of fire trucks seem to be a favorite target for some reason. Um, it's that people are lulled into this confidence of, because the car, the system is really, really, really capable until it encounters something that it can't do. And then it's really, really, right. really bad. Then
0: surprise, yeah, you didn't read boom. the manual enough or maybe you didn't catch or even the if you firmware did, update. I mean, I read the manuals and I click on the thing on the screen that
1: says I accept that I'm still in control. And sure. still, you know, you're there and it's been like three minutes since you've actually had to do anything. And the temptation to, you know, look down at your phone, it's,
0: oh, yeah, it's just human. It's. I've had probably seven near misses in my car and I'm not proud of that. Um, but I and, and these were all times when the system, it's not like, I'm in an alleyway and I'll just go ahead and engage autopilot even though it doesn't find the roads and it's kind of barely letting me do it it's drifting in and out of saying you can go ahead and engage it. These are like freeway type things where I'm like what why are you hugging called? the median? Why are you so close to this? Oh, geez. Like, I've had to yank the wheel. Yeah. Um, but then you see videos of of uh, Tesla owners who are uh, resting their head on their seatbelt with their tongue out of their mouth and they're just asleep in you know bumper to bumper traffic and you go oh yeah that's the reason the adoption's going to be a lot slower is because you've trusted this so much that you're going to go ahead and nod off for a minute.
1: Well, and that's how these systems should actually work. You know, I did. The argument is that asking humans to be a backup to you know maintain vigilance but not actually do anything is a really really bad idea because <laughs> right. humans are super super bad at that. We just can't maintain attention for that level of time. And Audi has um, its Traffic Jam Assist, mm-hmm. which is a, a fully hands-off, eyes-off system in slow-moving freeway traffic for exactly those situations where you know you are driving home and it's been a long day and you're kind of nodding off and the car is just moving backwards and forwards as it edges through traffic and kind of rocking you to sleep. And um, So th- those are the systems that these car makers should be designing and are designing they can't Audi's refusing to sell it in the US at the moment because the regulatory system here is a little sort of dicey with mm-hmm. the differences between the states and everything else. They don't think that they can push it through in the US. Give it six months.
0: Regulation is going to be non-existent across all industries very soon. Which
1: I think actually might make them more reluctant to come in here. I think they want some nice, clear-cut regulation uh, about, you know, how this will work, who's right. responsible, what's allowed, what's not allowed. They not, don't want hey, it challenged in the courts at some point. Not
0: hey, it's weapons free, guys. Do whatever you want, because in two years' time that's all gonna change. I'm sorry you invented. <laughs> Invested anything. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> now, uh, when we talk about the safety of these systems, you had a, an article last week which referenced, uh, you know, Tesla touting their autopilot safety numbers with which they said, hey, listen, for every X miles driven in a conventional vehicle, there are Y number of accidents, but on autopilot, markedly less accidents, Right.
1: Yeah, this is one of Elon Musk's big things. Um, a few investors—he does an investor call every quarter where he's supposed to update investors on what's going on with the company and, and what their results are and all that sort of thing—and he got really upset at what he saw was uh, media reports uh, criticizing Autopilot and the fact that it does generate all these headlines whenever there is a crash where Autopilot is involved, let alone a fatality where what's involved. Um, so he said that Tesla would start publishing quarterly safety reports. To update the world on how incredibly safe this system is, and um, he has always claimed that people driving with autopilot on are less likely to be involved in a crash than people not using it, and you can understand where that claim comes from because um, you know autopilot does keep you within a lane. So you know if you do look down and whatever, you know mm-hmm. it is human to sort of drift out of your lane, and it does keep you a fixed distance from the car in front and
0: will break down to zero when the car in front of you breaks down to zero as well um and we've all seen someone eking to a stop looking down on their phones or maybe we've been on the receiving end of that yeah someone just taps your bumper and you go great Thanks, but the autopilot would negate that situation, would avoid it.
1: And So you could definitely see that potentially these systems would make some sorts of driving safer as long as people are are using them appropriately. But then Tesla came out with this quarterly report and it was quite a disappointment because it was just two lines and it said, um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was uh, X million miles in between crashes with autopilot on and
0: fewer million miles in between crashes with it off it says uh tesla says that between july and september of this year it quote registered one accident or crash-like event for every 3.34 million miles driven in which drivers had autopilot engage and then tesla drivers not using autopilot went 1.92 million miles between incidents
1: so, kind of what three times safer, four yeah, times safer? Yeah, just about. Um, would be the implication from that. But that's all they gave us. They they didn't give any data. There's no background. There's no context. It's very
0: hard to judge what those figures mean. Um, and what's a, a crash-like event? Is that a moment with which? someone has to take over control of the vehicle because a crash is imminent? Or is that an, an event that would have been a crash, but Autopilot helped them avoid that?
1: Yeah, I asked them for a definition and they didn't give me one. It seems to be a near miss. So probably both of those things or something where like the collision avoidance uh, collision avoidance attack has had to kick in mm-hmm.
0: and slam on S- the brakes. Right, and- sudden stop. Okay. Yeah. Um, you asked Elon and he just blew some vape smoke in your face <laughs> and then it formed the words chill and you're like, all right. I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess, Musk, you got it. There's <laughs> positive headlines again. Um,
1: so we would really have liked to have seen more data because it's entirely possible that autopilot is making things safer. Um,
0: this is just but they not need to round to out the argument. Yeah, yeah. I saw the the short seller accounts immediately pouncing on on this report, saying, "Well, you're not taking into effect uh, into account that most of the Teslas on the road are higher end vehicles and." It, Right or wrong, that one of the pieces of fud that they were seeding was uh, luxury vehicle owners tend to drive more safely, and they're not you know 15 or 15 year old kids with learner's permits or 16 year old kids yeah. that are you know doing sweet donuts uh, in their Honda Accord. They're going to be a little more safer and blah blah blah. Does that argument hold water?
1: Yeah, we just don't know because we don't have the details. Um, Mm -hmm. But potentially, yes. And also, we need to know whether these crashes happened in uh, daytime or nighttime, if the weather was bad, if the weather was good. The biggest glaring one for me is that the Tesla manual states that autopilot is really for use on divided highways with limited access. Right. So if people are using it the way they're supposed to, it means they're only using it on highways, which could be inherently safer roads than city streets where they're not using it. So if they're having more crashes on city streets you know maybe that that's just where people have more crashes <laughs> right we just I was just going to say know. it's
0: it is it is somewhat limiting at times because the the, the, the the system is great when it comes to giving you feedback uh, of like what how, what the system is doing at any given moment and what what, cap- what capabilities you can activate but there is a lot of times where it's like hey you can't get into autopilot right now and I'm like well this is the time where I want to use it because I might be getting in an accident but yeah. sorry the lanes aren't completely you know marked well or the the divider is not very clear so yeah, do you think they're going to start rounding these out more, or do you think they are? What's your gut tell you? Do you think they're hiding something? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't like to make big sort of accusations against the company because, again, I don't have the I'd love to. So. Let's do it. Let's do it right now, and then, Alex, get ready to clip this and send this to Elon, please.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's
1: all right. Elon's
0: already annoyed at me as it is, I'm sure. So um,
1: it, it I think that if the results were really clear in Tesla's favor. They would be happier to release more of the information. The fact that they're cherry picking and releasing one very sp- specific statistic might mean that the other statistics don't hold out. But again, we right. just don't know. And it would be great to be able to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, you know, I'm a journalist. We're supposed to look at these things impartially and do you know, our own due diligence and draw conclusions based on all of the calculations. and
0: Well, I'm not. Information. I'm, I'm like, I, I just want to pull quote. I'm not even a journalist. I just want the headline that uh-huh. says, you believe Tesla's lying and hiding. That's it. That's all I need. I believe
1: Tesla's disclosure leaves a lot to be
0: desired. Yeah, so good. You're yes, so measured. You're a pro. Also, he pro. thinks
2: Elon Musk is a ghost. What? Dude. That's when did the, we
0: lose Elon?
2: Uh, that, ask Jack. That's what he said. I heard it. He said Elon was a ghost.
1: There is a, a theory somewhere. Gosh, where did I <laughs> read this about? Oh, it's somebody's written a book. I think somebody's trying to sell a novel and it's about um, a- aliens on Mars, and their civilization is dying, and they have one scientist left, and they launch him into space, and he takes off, and he lands on Earth, and um, it- he manages to either find and kill, or take over Elon Musk's life, or something, and that's why Elon Musk. Oh, is that's so why we're we gonna get, get back. Because he's actually an alien. trying He to misses a his sweetheart. He wants a
0: sweet kissy, and he wants to be the hero back uh, home.
1: <sighs> instead, he's here getting all like tied up with Azalea Banks and stuff, and. Uh, <laughs> civilization
0: is dying he is like uh, you know steve jobs i think left a ceo void I think for a lot of people, he's got to be one of the most exciting, unpredictable CEOs in the game. And I think Tesla's got to be one of the most exciting companies. And the automobile industry for a large part felt kind of stagnant to me. It felt like iterative updates and gee whiz features here and there. But Tesla really has disrupted things.
1: Elon Musk has just disrupted things. I mean, that's his thing. He is like the ultimate disruptor. And again, with my engineering background, I have a lot of respect for a lot of the projects that he's done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can criticise his Twitter behavior and all the rest of it. but sure. The things that he's been able to achieve and the vision that he's he has to be able to take things back to first basics and start again and say, look, you know, okay, forget all the crap that we've been doing for a hundred years. This is stupid. Why are we taking, like, dinosaur juice out of the ground and refining it and putting it in cars and then uh, having like a gajillion moving pieces harness these tiny little explosions yeah. and and use? Uh, why? Why would do- let's just take an electric motor and a battery and put it together? This is how we power our washing machines and you know every other single moving device that we have we put a battery in it and there's a little motor and it works and we don't bother with this explosion
0: stuff are there subtle nuances or engineering choices within the the, the tesla line of vehicles that you think go overlooked or don't get as appreciated because people are so distracted by the tweets or waiting to see model 3 shipment numbers and ignoring the fact that like oh the self-presenting doors were a big deal when those first kind the handles like that's kind of cool right yeah, I don't know. I think he over engineers things as well. I think, you know, he gets excited. Those sweet doors? I mean, 400 on. sensors that are held together with wood glue and dreams and, and basically the same adhesion that post-its
1: are. Yeah. That car was like how many years late because of those? Well, doors at least
0: he, at least he in, very rarely, he admitted that he over engineered that. Yes. Right? Like he came out and was like, oh, that was my bad. I think, is it the Model Y? It's rumored to basically be the X, but without the over-engineered doors? Yeah, or like an SUV version of the Model 3, a smaller crossover
1: SUV, which will be a killer car. I mean, that's all anybody wants to buy these days is small crossover SUVs, so I
0: wish they would hurry up and build that one. I love the Karate Kid crane doors, but I I had that car for, I think a week when we shot a pilot thing together which thank you by the way for doing it you were amazing i'm sorry that uh, the show and and everything most most of everything i do is a failure and it didn't <laughs> see the light of day but that was a fun little piece where we tried to push I autopilot had to, out to of the, the, the limits and that I yeah that was fun but i very quickly went from these doors are the coolest damn thing ever to i just want to throw my lunch in the back seat I just want to throw my messenger bag in the back seat and I got to wait for the robot to say what's up and do a sweet pop and lock move so I can throw it back in there and then wait for it to close again before I can get in. And it was just like, oh, come on, man. And like the Model 3, it's like, I just want to adjust the
1: airflow. Do I really have to go into the screen and then a sub menu in order to pull up the (laughs) two dots that I moved
0: to to like but
1: it's great. It's so cool. It's such brilliant engineering and it looks fantastic, but it's like, oh. No, back out of your
0: slacker player and get on over and try to dodge the web browser, which is still garbage for some reason and get it. I will say, I do love things like, and I know it's going to cost them money and and again, as a shareholder, it's probably going to cost me money when they announce, like they said Autopilot 2.0 is going to have everything you need to be fully autonomous. Don't worry, guys. Go ahead and buy the feature now, or heaven forbid you lease it and lose money on it every month that it's not doing what we kind of promised that it would eventually yeah. do, but fine. Then they said, well, it turns out we might need some upgrades. There's going to be a 2.5. Sorry, kids, and I don't know. I don't remember what two point five has. I think it's a new chip that allows. Yeah, the, I think it's a
1: better computer, isn't yeah,
0: it? Yeah, the Nvidia, whatever their processing power is, it's, it's not Nvidia.
1: Built in house, they're pulling it all. Yeah, it's oh, it's they are Tesla Vision or
0: whatever they. Oh, I thought it. that yeah. was a joint thing with Nvidia. I don't think so. I think Tesla's going their own. Good way. for them. Great, make some new processors. I want to mine Bitcoin with it later when I'm not wrong. using my car. That sh- that should be a thing. That can, it's got a big battery and a powerful GPU. I want to mine some Ethereum or some Dogecoin or some Musk bucks. Kill your battery. Fine. That's it. I'm going to go to a supercharging station. I got unlimited. Oh God. <laughs> that's going to be the next thing. Those things are already so crowded. Right. There you go. Uh, but the, the, to his credit, he said, listen, anybody that, that bought Autopilot 2.0, believing this will lead you to know, fully a- autonomous, will go ahead and upgrade you for free. That's going to cost them some money. Mm. That's going to be an issue. But that's a, 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 that's a rare thing of a company making good on their word. I, if they do it, I haven't heard them starting to do it yet. Well, it's not. They out might yet, go bust between that. That's and now true. And then <laughs> I got and I got. I'm holding on to a lot of short sells so I really need.
2: It also still doesn't do anything. Like the, the my biggest thing is what, like the autopilot. Yeah, the the like the fully autonomous extra cameras that they had to put in your car. It's like there's people who. Kevin, you got your Tesla like two and a half years ago, two years ago? Probably, yeah. And you, it was like two or three weeks before the, the new camera update and stuff, so uh, sorry. But also, that means that next year, there's going to be people who paid to have that in their car that they may have bought, and it still doesn't do anything. And the people who leased it, their lease is almost up, and it has never done anything and never will, ever. Even if they get 2.5, it will never do anything for them because they'll give their car back by the time... It does something.
0: Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. I think people have a right to be upset about that. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think that uh, 2.0 or
1: 2.5 cost a huge amount more than 1.0. I think 1.0 was about a three grand option to Mm -hmm. enable autopilot, And then I think it went up to a five grand option for Mm -hmm. 2.0. And And then there was a fully autonomous upgrade. Which, yes, it was another 3,000 or something. But I don't know how many people would have really taken that option given that that one really doesn't do anything. The way they're sort of spacing it out is kind of weird. So Autopilot 1.0 is now just regular Autopilot Mm -hmm. that will drive on the highway. 2.0 and 2.5... Now, have the same abilities as 1.0, and I think this latest update has just enabled all of those extra cameras. So now the car displays more of what's going on around it. Yeah, it'll give you a warning like blind spotting. Yeah, yeah, you'll get the blue guideline
0: will turn red, which is nice. It's now on par with my Audi A12 that I had from I think 2012 that would give me some blind spot warning, but cool. At least it's there. Getting there, getting there. They're making good, but now uh, there were some talks of refunds to customers. Um, there's a Business Insider article that says Tesla will have to refund some customers. Experts say, I mean, it's not a, a governing body saying that they have to, perhaps but perhaps
1: people who bought the the full self driving right that,
2: That's what I'm talking about. The full self driving three hundred or thirty five hundred dollar upgrade that never did anything and never will do anything for those people who leased it
1: well you know why did they pay for that (laughs) I mean that was was was, very optimistic of them and I think it even says on the website that this will not be enabled for however many
0: years yeah not anytime soon regulatory approval you also agree that that you won't uh, lend your fully autonomous vehicle out to any other ride sharing service because they want to start their own yeah yeah Yeah. so there's some interesting things in there as well for me people were like you know Uh, pressing F to pay respects, it was like they were so, uh, they felt so bad for me that I got into the Tesla family and then like three weeks later, Autopilot 2.0. And I distinctly remember at the moment going like, uh, feeling, well that's cool, it's a completely different platform. It's going to take them a while to get it up to speed. I bet my 1.0 or my 1.5 or whatever it is that I have is going to be just fine for the life of my lease. And it yeah. turns out that's exactly it. That, that now when I'm going to start looking at autopilot 2.0 and maybe 2.5 vehicles and feeling that, that FOMO is going to hit me, Right, and my lease is gonna be up. And so cool, now I'll jump to this platform that is yeah, more fully flushed out. I mean, th-
1: as you just said, they're, they're not even, they haven't even released the sort of the newer abilities now, that's mm-hmm. still to come. So yeah, we've got a while I think before we start seeing big differences. And even then, I'm, I'm not convinced that how great that lane change thing is gonna be. Um, I
0: like that they, they call the most aggressive lane change Mad Max mode. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> they are great at naming
1: things. Insane Mode and Ludicrous yeah. and Mad Max and Plaid on the new Roadster. And Have you played any
0: of the games yet? Have you had a chance to? No, I haven't no. found
1: the Easter eggs. I need to go and like dig around in a car. and.
0: Uh... I saw that there's one that if you press and hold the call icon for too long, it switches to an old-timey uh, uh, telephone icon and it says Ahoy. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I saw imagery of it. I, it's fine. I hope it's fake.
1: Yeah. I, hope I also fake. hope that the team that writes these things does them for fun in their own time and not... When they could have been writing the software that
0: does the <laughs> lane changes or whatever else. Right, right. I know we need guys, enhanced safety you. features, guys, but I got Nibbler to work. Yeah. You know, I miss the old Nokia right. phone. So grab those apples. Use your power steering while it works. Yeah. Um, so you're still the consummate optimist when it comes to Tesla.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I have faith in Elon Musk, too. I um, was driving a Tesla on Monday, and I was going to LAX. And um, the closest supercharger to LAX is actually inside the SpaceX factory. Have mm-hmm. you been to that one? That's I like have not. No.
0: You should just. Pop I've seen in it there on the map. To, but. Yeah,
1: just because you drive in and you feel like you're doing something wrong because you go in the SpaceX gates and you're driving down and there's all these people on their little bikes and crossing over and then there's like a bit of a rocket that somebody wheels across the road and you have to stop and and then there's this huge uh, sort of. Uh, well, like grouping of um, superchargers right in the middle and a little sort of Tesla um, sales dealership thing, not dealership. I keep calling them dealerships and they're not dealerships. Right, no, that's, Whatever, sales center. Um, And it's really cool. And then you can just sort of wander around the um, SpaceX campus while your car is charging and you wander out the the side gate. Just heading up up to a launch pad. All the way down. Really? Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you stand there in the middle of all of that and it's basically like Musk's, uh, Musk's little fiefdom. And you're like, wow, okay, so that's the Hyperloop. That's the electric cars charging over there. They're building rockets inside that building right, right there, like actual rockets. That There's are a tunnel going being bored
0: out beneath you, Across and someone's street. shooting yes. flamethrowers.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, and you can see where the tunnel starts, and you've got all of his visions kind of going on it. And that's not even like the neuralink and all the rest of it. Oh, think. that's right.
0: The lattice and AI yeah, yeah. that's going to consume us all. Yeah.
1: So, and is he? If
0: he can just keep it on the rails. I think the Model 3 thing, obviously, very difficult for him, right? The the, yeah. the push to getting, it was 5000 a week. Obviously, we saw a little bit of some breakage there. And then we saw the interview where he came out and said, yeah, this has been real fucking difficult for me. This is damn near impossible. But... On the other side of this, I hope he I hope he pumps the brakes a little bit, put on the autopilot for a second, man, just chill. gonna do something you enjoy.
1: Maybe he does enjoy these. Maybe he's one of those people who likes stress and tension and you know. I've heard, and this is to be-
0: I hope the short sellers don't grab onto this, but I'm heard he's one of those guys that loves ecstasy fueled parties. So if you know if you need one of those, take your pink Teslas. I've tried a pink Tesla before. I th- according to Reddit there was like 150. Uh, micrograms of MDMA in oh, it. Oh, wait, a pink tesla is a p- I'm so naive. Yeah, oh, it's a, mo- it's ma- a pill. What's, what's, it's, a, it's a pill. It's MDMA. Okay. Uh, allegedly, great. kids, don't do drugs. But it was great. I had a great time on it, as I thought I would. It's got the Tesla logo. It did great. And I sort of autopiloted my body <laughs> through that sex party. And I don't... I want to believe that Elon is enjoying himself... As much as I am, yeah. With he all deserves things to Tesla have a, you know,
1: a good, a good life as well. And he, does, you know, he's got his kids. So he's got his mom, who now argues for him on Twitter and defends him. Have you, do you follow? No, May Musk Mama on the Musk Twitter? is out there. Yes, and she um, is it Musk mom. What's the uh, her name is Mae Musk, um, M-A-E, I believe. I'm getting on that
0: right now. She's great. She's I could do this after. This. Oh, there model, she is. Yeah, Mae Musk She's also
1: um, very accomplished herself, and she's taken it to to um, defending. Uh, Elon
0: and defending the company. That's She'll, a good timeline. She's saying, "Hey, let's yeah. save the the climate." She's and-
1: basically Pravda-ing all of the um, the things that she sees as negative news.
2: She uses the clapping emoji a lot. That's yeah. good. Amazing. Clap, clap, clap.
0: There, she's got it. Look, my <laughs> oh, mom- M-A-Y-E. I got it wrong. My mom was proud of me when I drew a hand turkey that was that somewhat had the shape of a hand, and I remember she put it on the fridge for a long while. <laughs> I mean, that that was almost, almost until senior year of high school. It was the one thing I did that she could be proud of. Her son is landing rockets yeah. in tandem yeah. in his spare time. So that's a good use of the clap emoji. And I'm I, not I, mad I, at that. she's
1: kind of awesome. So hopefully, you know, he has his family- he has his kids, so you, you know. Um, he seems to have these romances every now and then with glamorous pop stars. So, Good for I, I, yeah, I hope he's he's enjoying some of life as well.
0: <sighs> God. how are you? Are you enjoying life? Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> but
1: I'm also not changing the
0: world. <laughs> sure, you are. No, I don't know. You're I, I are You're doing to your get
1: part. are Mars in the next how many years? I mean, the thing with Musk is these are all self-imposed deadlines and targets and all the rest of it. So you know, we. We're like, oh well, why hasn't he delivered five thousand cars a month by the end of uh, week the week? Because he said he would. He said he would. Nobody yeah. else said that he would. Yeah. he could have said one thousand, and we all would have been like, oh wow, that's really good. Well, cool. Yeah. I guess that's your target. You're still beating
0: anybody <laughs> you're else. You're right. You're right. Even with fully autonomous, he was like, look, in the next five years, this thing's going to crush it. It's because he said you're going to watch one travel from LA to New York on its own. Don't worry about it. We At got the end this. Of last year. It's yeah. the only reason I would ever point to that benchmark and go, where is it? You're right. It's all yeah. self-imposed. Punctuality is not his uh, strongest point. If you have five more minutes I'd love to open it up to questions from the kids that have been watching the stream so if you're on the YouTube or the discord and you have a question for Jack go ahead and fire away uh Alex if you've I'm sure you've had eyes on it yeah um if you want to keep more eyes on it but I want to ask how are things with Wired at the moment and how what is it like when you roll into Wired do you do you actually physically go to a place? Do you digitize your brain and then it goes through some fiber optic network? Yeah, with one of Elon Musk's new. Use links, the lattice. Yeah, um, Wired is great. It's our twenty-fifth anniversary this weekend. That Congratulations! San
1: Francisco on Friday, we have a festival uh, all weekend. Some amazing
0: speakers coming. Um, There's a lot of those iPads on sticks with the rolling wheels that kind of go one around. Those in the office. They just go around and knock into each other like a weird. It's like a chest bump but digital. Yeah. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I, so I work remote. I'm based uh, here in yeah. LA. Our office is in San
1: Francisco. Um, and we have one of those in the office that I, I want to use and never have so that I can remote You need a reason to do that. Go you got it. Yeah. yeah. Just, hey, check hi, out
0: Jan. How are things? Okay. Sometimes I get
1: really jealous because Wired has this amazing kitchen and they have these incredible lunches that the chef makes every day that are really reasonably priced for San Francisco. And if I was in the robot, Wandering around, seeing everybody else enjoying this lunch, I would just. Uh, I, just one sad robot
0: rolling by with a, uh, with a feed of you. And me eating like peanut butter on toast yeah. again, because it's all that's in my <laughs> fridge. So do you do you have autonomy within Wired uh, to, to say, hey, here's what's going on in the space, here's what I want to cover, here's what I want to do? Well, there are three of
1: us who cover transportation. It's such a big area now. It's grown and grown and grown. Yeah. So it's me, Alex, and Ariane. So between us, we do. Alex uh, edits the section. And then uh, I'm a writer and Ariane's a writer. Um, And we sort of work quite well together. I'm a car obsessive and an engineer type person. Uh, Ariane is just a specialist at um, cities. Um, and uh, mobility and micro-mobility and mm. like how cities manage curbs and these incredible things that you would never have thought of. How they know. manage curbs. Curbs are like the new hot spots. You know, they are the thing that cities really need to get right for this whole future vision to come in. They've got to be the place where um, autonomous vehicles can stop and drop people off, where package robots can come in, where your drones can land, where people, you know, we just waste them with parking right now you got to have some scooter parking right there and some oh bike God, they really need and...
0: some scooter parking in the form of a giant dumpster. What? What? <laughs> what? The scooters are great. No, the scooters are uh, amazing. The, the, I, I, enjoy, I did it in Santa Monica, enjoyed it, was like, this is great. This is perfect for the, that last mile. Mm. This is awesome. And then you just see the piles and piles of scooters Lying abandoned everywhere, and it made me weep. I just see short circuit crying left and right well, as it's just a wasteland of lime scooters and birds.
2: Did you not know that you can uh, auto charge them if you throw them into the LA River? So, if you ride them right off <laughs> of a ramp into the LA River, they do charge. Oh,
0: so you just do a and sweet trick, themselves. one 720, yeah. let it land in the drink. <laughs> oh, that's cool then. I didn't know that. That's nice. There's a whole industry building up around charging those. They're gonna have to fix well. that, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: well, you can sign up and be a charger and be a mechanic and just do a training course and. And so what, you 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 go
0: happen. around and pick them up and plug them in at your house yeah. or at a station. And they'll pay you
1: like $5, 10 bucks to charge it overnight and put That's it back out in the correct location in the morning. There's like a whole, it's a whole another like uh, Uber employment opportunity. I love it. Yeah, I love well, it. But so, but,
0: but that's interesting now to think about. Okay, curb management. We're gonna need a little helipad zone for these quadcopters to land and drop off your Amazon Prime dish soap or your coffee beans yeah. or whatever Bezos is pushing you with instant delivery. But we also need room for the autonomous vehicles. We also need room for the scooters. Holy, ho- we need room for someone to throw up when they're coming out of the Buffalo Wild Wings. We need a designated area God. for that.
1: Do you think you'd make it to the designated area?
0: Probably not. Uh, no, it's that you can use the scooter zone for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: people do in San Francisco people who are anti the scooters you see these things
0: where you know people are they're have, just coated in blood and yeah dog crap other questionable yeah, ingredients are like oh why are so, are, a- are people mad because they see it as as uh, As a company saying, this is your problem to solve now. We're going to just flood an area with this thing. Good luck. Is that why? That's definitely part of it. It's that whole Silicon Valley attitude of we're just going to, you know, do
1: this and, you know. Move move fast and and break break things. things, Even if
0: that thing is your fucking front yard. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Your Um,
0: home's value. And then I think people are just using them a
1: little irresponsibly and riding them on the sidewalks, on crowded sidewalks, really fast and knocking people over and... um, so I can see why people are getting a bit antagonistic about that.
0: But the, they're going to solve the problems versus kicking the companies out. Well, most cities have
1: now put limits on. And they, they're uh, you know, having the companies apply for licenses to operate and putting limits on how many scooters you can have. And they're trying to kind of get a handle on it. They've learned a lot from Uber coming into these cities and just sort of doing their thing, right. disrupting the taxi business and everything else. But. We've got to fix that last mile problem, and scooters are kind of a cool way of doing it. I've used them quite a lot around Hollywood because um, you can just zip along. You know, the, I'm not going to wait for a bus, right? And the metro doesn't really go where I need it to go, and you know, so it's like, well, do I Uber? Do I drive and try and find parking, or do I just pay a dollar fifty and ride a little bird down the street?
0: I think you got your answer, until we get the, the Lyft or the Uber quadcopter personal transporter that you're going to hop in. Yeah. Are we going to see that in our lifetimes? Because I feel like that's they're, they're gunning for it. Yeah, Uber's really gunning for it. They're,
1: they're pushing hard.
0: It's another one of those things,
1: I don't know, I, I'm very optimistic, so take what I say with a moderate pinch of salt, but... Um, I mean, the, the the tech is nearly there. Things are coming together. We've got lightweight materials. We've got electric propulsion. We've got lighter weight batteries. Mm-hmm. We've got autonomous control, which is crucial for these vehicles. There's no way a pilot can really kind of keep it steady, but a computer can easily. And all those things are coming together. And so, you know, the vehicles, I think, are definitely a possibility. And big companies like Boeing and Bell Helicopter and Uber and Airbus are all working on them. So...
0: I think it could happen. Which one should I short sell? Because <laughs> I want to just dedicate a chunk of change to shitting all over a company and having a vested interest in them going belly up. Which one should I short sell? I cannot give you investment advice, gonna... but I suspect if you go on the Twitter... Oh, my God. I almost, I almost <laughs> just sent a reply to somebody. <laughs> Whoops. My, my miming of enhance, enhance, enhance as I was hacking almost caused me to actually you know, short sell. I, I'm betting there's a
1: lot of advice out. I, I don't want to start Googling that. I'm already in deep with all the tesla short sellers like i can't
0: be bring it on you trolls take it right here Add attack bring it i didn't understand the, the attack on me i understand like trying to paint uh tesla uh fans uh shareholders uh vehicle owners i understand why they would want to paint me as a crazy by saying isn't it weird it's weird to have pride of ownership in a vehicle or a stock and there's no challenge beyond that. I go why is that why is it weird to have pride in that? If you believe in a in a in a thing or if you believe in a mission, if you believe in something and you are in any way shape or form helping that thing, whether it's by making a financial contribution, evangelizing that thing, why wouldn't you be proud? Why wouldn't Haven't you take people pride always in that? We've been pride of vehicles for starters. I mean, I think your pride car of ownership is a exists everywhere. Purchase. Yes. It's-
1: it's the one thing that you, you're probably most proud of and show off the mo- your house first maybe and then your car. I yeah. thought
0: So I, I, I understand why they would want to attack anyone and everyone who's on the positive side of Tesla, who's potentially rooting for the company. It just seemed like an odd battle to pick.
1: It's just this amazing company that stimulates these really uh, strong emotions in both directions and it, it, it's not really clear to me even now why Mm -hmm. part of it is musk and that you know the cult of musk and just he has this really strong personality that either you like or you don't like sure and you either buy his vision or you don't but yeah i mean there's a ton of other big silicon valley companies led by visionary ceos that just don't get the same level of attention and positive attention brings negative attention with it these days as well particularly online um but i just don't know what it is about it's great i mean it's really highlighted the issues of the future of transport and electric cars. Even if Tesla does fold now, I think you could legitimately look back. At some point, it's Wikipedia article will say Tesla was always successful because it was the catalyst for sure a, a, a transition to electric vehicles. I think you there are many people who would criticize you for saying that it pushed a lot of these other more established car companies into developing their own EVs. Um, so it's been a success from that point of view anyway. Even if it folds now and never sells another car, I think it's already stimulated a... A market that I don't know. I don't want to say that you know we're not going to ever turn back from it because who knows? It's it's still a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of cars that are electric that are sold, but it does feel like there's some momentum. I, I
0: agree. Thing. I think that's an excellent statement. I feel like the the if if it if it ended today, if right now I refresh my timeline, it's like sorry, it's it's all gone, Tesla guys. Q. We're gonna fi- yeah, we're gonna fi- exactly. We're gonna we'll figure out what to do with all those superchargers and good luck. Uh, If it ended today, I would credit them with letting that EV genie out of the bottle. Someone else might have done it. I know other people were trying to do it, but I feel like they, they get the credit. Right now, for having done it, yeah. Even if it ends today, uh, Alex, were there any questions for Jack?
2: Yeah. So, it, Jack, what flavor of question do you want? Like a cool, futuristic uh, electric car future, or like a post-apocalyptic, apocalyptic environmental nightmare mm. future? What it's do you want to explore?
1: Like we should take one of each for the sake of balance.
2: Yeah. Give him, give him that sweet, cool ranch to read
0: and then give him that spicy Takis dust.
2: Okay. So, uh, the first question is uh, kind of, kind of looking at the the future of of Tesla specifically. Uh, someone said the king. Of the left said, I want a utility van or pickup truck. What do you think are Tesla's next moves? What do you think their next mm. cars are?
1: Uh, they've actually already stated, because you know they like to be visionary, that the next car is the Model Y, I mm-hmm. believe, which is the one we were talking about, the yep. small SUV crossover. Take the Model thing. 3,
0: pinch zoom it a little bit, uh, make it a little bit like the Model X, but take away the over-engineered doors. Take the doors, awful doors off, yeah. and that would be a really great car. And that one I, could, I reckon will sell even faster
1: than the Model 3 right. has. Um, they have talked about making a pickup truck. Um, electric uh, batteries and motors actually do make for really good pickup and work trucks mm-hmm. uh, because they, you have all that torque. So, you know, they're really strong vehicles for towing. You can get out to a work site and then you can plug in your tools directly into the truck battery and to, instead of having to carry a little recharging. Yeah, company, a while back, you know?
0: Elon was kind of crowdsourcing people's thoughts on what you oh, would want right. in yeah. a truck. And that was one of the things. He was like, yeah, in fact, there's going to be like the camping mode that they're going to release as a firmware update to all their cars. They're like, hey, you got a giant battery. User. If you're not concerned with using it on the way back from your trip, use it to power all of your devices. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Live out in the
1: wild off the grid, but don't have to rough it. Um, they're building the semi-truck. Um, so that's coming soon. They've already got a prototype that they seem to be taking around the country mm-hmm. on some sort of sales tour.
0: So I uh, love the videos <laughs> of that thing pulling around, too, because you you hear it. and It's like, oh, I wouldn't mind if the future of transportation mm. sounded like that. A lot of other companies are working on all these things,
1: too. Workhorse already sells um, an electric pickup truck, which is pretty cool. I've driven that with them. Um, So they're they're definitely not the only ones thinking about these things, but they've certainly made the noises that they are looking to the future, and they will make more cars.
0: Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, I haven't seen the black one. Oh, that's cool. And, oh, how disruptive. I mean, literally disruptive to an industry, but also sarcastically disruptive, because if you're not watching the video feed, if you're getting this on the iTunes or whatever else, that was a semi-truck just pulling out and leaving, and you didn't hear... No noise, no fumes. Yeah, no massive rattle, no anything. I really want Tesla, Tesla to make a garbage truck. Thank you. Because they wake me up like most mornings. If they could come through that quietly... There was one backing up at the beginning of this podcast and I'm like, I am a terrible host and I have massive ADD because it was just auditory shiny keys dangling. I'm like, why the fuck? pick up your why is it happening? Yeah, don't need any of that. Don't need any of that.
2: I still want them to take the cans and just slam them into the back of the truck, though. That is my favorite part of the of the garbage can I experience. only like
0: when there's a viral video of one going haywire and <laughs> slamming a bin several times and the papers go flying and then it just throws it across someone's front yard. That's my favorite when a garbage truck gets angry. Uh-huh. All right, so that was I feel like we answered a question there, but let's get to the doomsday spicy talkies.
2: Okay, what? so Fido Rules wants to know about the future of disposing of these things. So the batteries are very dangerous if you dispose. I mean, any, even a AA battery is bad if it, if it goes directly into the ground. Do you think that if every car is—you can see how, how badly cars are disposed of now. What if they have a poisonous battery in them? Where, where do you think the future of recycling is going? Is it going to be bad for the planet? Is there environmental costs that we don't see right now?
1: Yeah, uh, it's another good question. Not only the disposal of them, but the making of these batteries. We've got to mine these materials from yeah. somewhere. At the moment, they um, they take uh, quite a f- few sort of rare earth metals that come from places like the Democratic Republic of Congo, which mm-hmm. don't have the best human rights records. So they definitely need to look at the supply chain that goes into these batteries as they scale up production. Um, and then, yeah, towards the end of their lives, at the moment, batteries are such um, a huge cost and, you know, such a valuable commodity in these vehicles. What a lot of manufacturers are doing, BMW is doing this, Mercedes, definitely Tesla, is um, calling them second life batteries, taking them out of vehicles and using them as um solid storage, energy grid storage. So either for power walls to
0: go in oh, your house okay. or to help balance the grid. Right. So Soon that'll trickle down to like third life and it'll be like, hey, do you want a battery backup system for your house or yeah, for your camping free, gear or whatever? Yeah, Here you go.
1: Like or, you know, they, they group them all together and and they use them to uh, store all the power from a wind farm or a solar farm so we can use it overnight in these huge, great battery installations. So there's, there's a lot of kind of... Um, not even recycling, but reuse that you can do of these batteries and then because the components um, are Still quite expensive and, and you know difficult to obtain I, I think a lot of companies are looking into actual recycling where they will melt them down and, and whatever else and separate out the lithium and the cadmium and the, the, the Things that they need to go back into the production chain instead of having to source them from Congo or whatever so Uh, all the companies are definitely talking about doing those things um Mm -hmm. but i mean it's a good question and and we should keep an eye on them going forwards and make sure that that they are kind of living up to those promises Um,
0: is it more uh because i I remember getting i can't remember who it was but back it was a ages ago i was doing the show had a guest on and they were so against evs because they said well you don't understand and part of it was the the lithium mining operations and this was 10 years ago, so maybe things have changed and gotten a little better, but, said, but you don't understand is that when it comes to destruction of the environment, you everybody points to the tailpipe emissions and says, oh, we're choking on it, and climate change, is it's all because of these cars on the damn road. He's like, but the, like, EVs are far more destructive to the environment. If you look at having to excavate giant portions of the earth to make the batteries and then disposing them as well. And at the time, I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna take your word for it, but I feel like on the whole, the bookends might be a little destructive, but the life of that vehicle is going to pollute far less yeah. than a traditional ICE vehicle. Am I, do, do you have any perspective? Yeah,
1: um, the Union of Concerned Scientists does this regular update. They call it a, um, a well-to-wheels uh, life cycle analysis. Okay, and it, I think it started as like you know oil well to wheels, and, Makes and sense, now yeah. they've added in electric vehicles, and they consistently show that over their lifetime. Electric vehicles are cleaner, even when you take into account all of the manufacturing costs, all of the mining costs, because getting oil out of the ground is not free either (laughs) and not environmentally friendly either. And transporting it particularly isn't if you've got it in big ships that you're sailing across the ocean. So there are costs to both of them, obviously, um, and then manufacturing the vehicles and then driving them and refueling them or charging them uh, and then recycling them at the end. The the other argument people make in favour of EVs is they will have a longer life. They're much simpler cars. Your power steering... Uh,
0: you know, <laughs> aside, Look, I've had a problem with every vehicle I've ever owned, no matter what, so I don't I don't begrudge this particular issue, but I think you're right. They should
1: yeah. be good for 200, 300,000 miles yeah. with you know, the battery and motors, at least, right. that they have, even if the big old screen in the middle goes out a couple of times. And I haven't so.
0: changed my oil uh, oh, ever, ah, yeah. <laughs> which is also oh, right. nice. Yes, because yeah. uh,
1: that's also not very friendly on the environment. Right. Well. Um, yeah, so the, the Union of Concerned Scientists, who I tend to trust, says, Yes, EVs are cleaner. It obviously depends on how you charge them and where that electricity comes from. They do this interesting map of the US and you can look at your state or your kind of electricity generation area. Um, and some of the states that still generate all of their electricity from coal, those cars are not as clean more cleaner. That, that's such terrible grammar. No, they are in yeah. somewhere like California. If you're generating a lot of your electricity with renewables, then EVs are a huge amount cleaner than regular cars. If you're
0: generating electricity with coal, they're still cleaner. They're just not as clean as. That's they right. are. Oh, that that was there was a report a while back that came out that said, uh, oh, this this uh, combustible engine vehicle is far cleaner than a Tesla. And I remember they compared it to it, and they were like, well, because you're not considering they they, they did everything they could to show like the most destructive. Uh, sourcing of lithium the most uh, wasteful and pollute uh, pollutive uh polluting uh, methods of generating en- energy and it was from coal and it's like yeah if you tack on the worst practices of every aspect that goes into making an ev Sure, an EV could be pretty bad for the environment. But if you look at where we should be heading and where we're trying to go, uh, yeah, it's on the whole, it's a lot cleaner for the And that's the when, you
1: know, the whole autonomous thing then comes in and that's a whole nother thing, but a whole nother shakeup. Like, the the key is really to not own your own vehicle, just to summon one when you need it. Right. And then we have potentially fewer cars on the road, but certainly we don't have them sitting around for 80% of the day in parking lots in your garage because you're not using it. And then we have to build making cities unwalkable
0: too because we do need parking spaces legally for X amount of square feet of an office space it's like this is all it's all going to change so the big picture yeah is like electric cars fit into that whole world and just drop you off at the
1: pickup point for the flying taxi or whatever it is and then you know we're golden life is great
0: it's let's be honest. It's going to turn into mostly electric scooter parking and vomit zones. No. That's what we're headed for. And I love it. I embrace it. Last question, Alex, if you have a good one, fire away, but I have one here. If not, yeah, hit, hit me. Uh, well, the, the thing, uh, someone uh, with, with Dre day said that he wishes driverless Ubers had worked out. Uh, and that spawned a discussion of like, Hey, what happened? And, and Ryan McDowell pointed out that someone got hit by a driverless Uber. Uh, and, and unfortunately they passed away. And I remember Uber released some footage did you were you up on this? They were yeah. just the, the footage and they made it look like, oh, it was like basically zero visibility. This this person on a bike came out of nowhere. Uh, and were, and they were clipped by this Tesla. Or excuse me, by this Uber. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. See, I know. They I know all the headlines. I know. That was my bug. Oh, yes. Short cells, short, uh, Tesla, short Q, sell. Tesla Q, <laughs> Tesla Q. Also a non-Q. I don't know what's going. Um, they released this footage and it looked like, oh, even a human driver, because I watched that footage and went like, oh, that's, that sucks. We know there's going to be these incidents mm-hmm. along the path to a, a, an ideally safer and fully autonomous world. But I saw the Uber footage and was like, there's no way I would have even noticed that bike or they came out of nowhere. It was very dark, etc. And then like a day or two later, um, some independent investigators. And I think even the police department released some footage, same time of day, same weather conditions, same everything. And it was, Oh no, yeah, that road was lit up like a Christmas tree. There's no way either that footage was doctored or the cameras on these self-driving Ubers were so garbage oh, right. yeah. that it looked that terrible. So, uh, there's a question in there, Jack. I'm sure you can extract it, please.
1: It goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, th- that crash was interesting because, um, you know, these autonomous vehicles, so that was testing somewhere on the outskirts of Phoenix, which mm-hmm. is where Uber was doing some of its testing, and I believe is again now. Um, Waymo, which used to be Google's self-driving car unit, yeah. is doing a bunch of testing and putting more and more cars on There's nice, clear weather and everything else in that area. So it's good for autonomous vehicle testing. But at the moment, um, all these vehicles still have a human in the driver's seat who's supposed to ultimately be in control. And it's like we were talking about with autopilot that car did have a safety driver in it But it was running on its autonomous systems the reports came out and said the safety driver I believe was watching the voice on her phone.
2: I mean, how could she not? Yeah.
0: Well, and and they really get into it. They spun their driver's chair around because they (laughs) want to feel like they're listening to the auditions as well. And like, that's a beautiful voice, spin. And oh, that was a biker. And that was a scream. Ultimately,
1: the promise is that we will be able to do those things. We'll be able to sit in these cars, watch the voice, spin your chair backwards, relax, whatever. They are not there yet. And they need attentive humans watching over them. And Uber cut back from two people in the car to one. And I guess the temptation to look away from the wheel is just so high when this car had probably not needed any intervention probably had thousands of
0: miles without a single brake. yeah
1: yeah yeah. and so that false sense of security and it was actually i believe a person pushing a bike across the street oh is that what it was pushing a bike and so it was a really weird thing for an autonomous vehicle computer to see and try to figure out what it was because it was coming sideways it didn't look like anything it counted before because it was the bike had um, bags laden up on it i think
0: (laughs) So, the, so it, the, the LIDAR or radar, infrared, whatever it was yeah, spitting uh, out, the signature was like, well, just I don't think it's a bus and I don't think it it's a, a human rep. being. Yeah. So
2: Shouldn't it stop for any, it could be like a big lot shopping cart that got out of hand and fell out of a parking lot. Like, who cares what it is? It should have stopped. Yeah,
0: theoretically, it should say object detected. And instead of, I don't know what it is, <laughs> step on the accelerator and plow through it. It should be hold the phone. Let's alert the human driver, pump the brakes here and yeah. see what it is.
1: And d- I, I think the car that they were testing on was a, a Volvo, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And the Volvo standard safety systems would have done that, but they had to disable the standard safety systems in order to test the autonomous systems, uh. and the autonomous system wasn't smart enough to do that. But that's you know why they're doing all this testing now is because of these edge cases um, that could also have just been you know a, a plastic bag blowing across the street or a cardboard box or something right. you don't want to slam the brakes on for right. because then a the car behind the car you behind is behind. be an issue. Yeah. Um, so that's the the compromise <sighs> that we're trying to program into these cars right now is how to f- figure out and that's what's proving so hard and why these things are taking much longer than everybody expected is all these edge cases, these things that you experience once every tens or hundreds of thousands of miles. Um, how to handle those right and
0: an an edge case in software might mean oh i got to reboot ios how unfortunate i'm pissed at you piece of software but in this case it could mean loss of human life so they do have to be extra careful do you worry about it's 11 30 are you okay i Uh, feel i I feel really bad Um, no no
1: it's great do you anything other than work
0: i (laughs) I can stay here all day (laughs) (laughs) well good leave the stream live alex okay cool let's get some lunch Mm. um You know, I I was a shareholder for a moment in Uber and then was seeing just story after story about really, really poor, in my opinion, business practices, some shady dealings, just just unfair. I didn't like it. I got out. I didn't like it. And so whenever I see a negative story, like when I see a Tesla autopilot accident, I go like, okay, well, I I give them some benefit of the doubt probably because I'm still, I'm I'm in there. I'm drinking Elon's Kool-Aid. I'm getting high off his musk. But when I see a story that's negative about Uber, I go, Uber, stop. We don't need you in this right now. Let other companies deal with it. Yeah. Let Waymo let somebody else. Am, am, am I just unfairly biased? D- it, do you uh, bristle at the thought of Uber, a company that's had issues in the past, pushing so aggressively into that space? I mean, to be
1: fair to them, they uh, have made some big changes, new CEO, this is true. Yes. new attitude. Very true. And, and you know, it's like Uber 2.0 and, and they're supposed true. to be starting again. They responded pretty well to that accident and have put some safety things in place. Um, it, but this is the whole Silicon Valley thing again, you know, it's these companies who depend on being disruptive. Uber's whole future could be upended if somebody else does autonomous autonomous cars first right. and launches an Uber type service with autonomous vehicles, then Uber paying human drivers to do this, that business model is dead so they need to be in there figuring this out whether they need to be doing it themselves or partnering with somebody else who's really good at it and you know has got a few more test miles under their belt or something is another question but um, it, yeah it's all of these companies it's it's basically a race to develop these autonomous vehicles literally yeah
0: literally and i just don't want postmates to announce something and suddenly you know their vehicles are trying to get someone's you know the rodini park greek rap and in there in under 20 minutes, and oh, sorry, we had to plow through a farmer's market because Waze told us that was the quickest right. shortcut to take.
1: And and the, there is no minimum safety standard. I'm, I'm, I'm actually working right now. I'm plowing through all the California. Um, if one of these companies has an accident in California, they have to uh, report it to the DMV, and they write this autonomous vehicle accident report, mm. and it's got about three lines of explanation of what happened. And I'm plowing my way through all of those, trying to figure out, how safe these cars are what's going on there's an awful lot of rear end collisions that i'm seeing where these cars are rear ended
0: so oh okay I'm so maybe they're st-
1: if, stopping yeah, too maybe quickly because they detected a bag or something exactly or you know they look like they're about to go into a gap in traffic and then they chicken out and they stop again and that's you know what the times when i've nearly hit people is when you think they're going yeah. and they don't Just do it. Put on the Mad Max mode. Let's go, aggressively merge. And there is no minimum safety standard. To be a human driver on the road, you have to pass a test. And it's a pretty laughable test in the US, I would argue. It's not as stringent as the European tests. Um, But at least there is a minimum standard you have to achieve. There is no minimum standard for autonomous vehicles right now. Anybody
0: can put a car on the road if they get a license from the DMV, or in Arizona if they just go for it and do it. that's amazing. I'm just going to duct tape a webcam to a Kia and send it out there and be like, go, go. Go free. People have <laughs> proposed, you know,
1: they've come up with, like, ways of mounting your iPhone to the dash yes. and using that to, uh, who you know, the, enable... What
0: was the, the hacker out of San Francisco that's been building his own autonomous uh, system? It <laughs> yeah, wasn't something, something Geohot, X. was it? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally blanking now, but, but he yeah, has a system it's, it's, that's literally, use your Google phone and buy this one set of sensors, and you have got... A $50 ad- webcam. Yes. It's good to go. It's, yeah. And how...
1: Yeah, it's... So... It's, I think probably we do need some sort of standards. I would like to see some sort of driving test for autonomous vehicles. Yeah. And send maybe your robot out test. on the
0: course yeah. and yeah. and make sure it can navigate and do
1: these things. It's got um, to at least be able to recognize pedestrians and bicycles and distinguish them from a plastic
0: bag and, and assign them a point value. Because when my car's going for the high score, it should know to just chain multiple people on, together. On, 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 Is this oh God that's terrible? This is we, how the whole we,
1: autonomous thing started—the DARPA challenges. Were you following those back in like 2007?
0: Yeah, that was where like bolt a giant thing onto a traditional a SUV, and then there was like three thing. laptops open where there should be a driver, and it's like see if it can navigate the Sahara. <laughs> yeah,
1: so that's Sahara first and then or, or some desert. And then the second one was an urban challenge and they set it up up in Bakersfield or somewhere around there just in the Californian desert. But it was this urban course. And I actually went and watched it. And there were all these crazy vehicles trying to navigate their way around and sort of just bumping up over the
0: curb and then back down and just carrying on and and some engineer hanging his head in shame, going, "Oh, that's a that's a deduction. I know that. Oh, that that was a stroller. I know it was just a plastic baby, but I've oh, gotta fix that line of code."
1: And that was only 10 years ago, so we've come quite far from that. Is this, is this so these, we are, these are
0: these are these are pretty oh. great. Hold on. <laughs> if you're not getting the video, you're we're watching a lot of oh no, watching a, a lot oh, what's of that one doing. Is yeah, the there was, was some bizarre things. vehicles with weird Mad Max bolt-ons, Mad Max. Uh, trying to navigate the desert.
1: Try the DARPA Urban Challenge. That was the one where they were doing going more through more urban science, environments. Yeah. DARPA
0: yeah. Urban Challenge.
1: But um, yeah, I went to to, to watch this, and it was, this is basically the catalyst. DARPA yeah. is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Sure,
0: I'm gonna accept that. Yeah.
1: Um, and and it had this challenge to for companies, universities, whoever wanted to get together uh, to build autonomous vehicles. And these university teams, mostly, all got together and started these. And that's what led to things like, that's a spinning LiDAR, lidar yeah. that all these cars depend on now. Basically, some guy built it to uh, you know enable driving in these challenges.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that, that the challenge inspired LiDAR. Uh, yeah, I think it was some guy, that's guy behind
1: Velodyne was basically developed it to, to try and do, well in it. do you
0: think LiDAR is it? I know Musk has been a little wishy-washy on LiDAR. He thinks it's just cameras because human beings can navigate fine using a pair of eyes. We don't have LiDAR. Um, but now people are saying, well, but LiDAR is getting better, and the, the, they're getting able, they're, they, can spin, they can spit out LiDAR in 360 without having to have a giant mechanical something whizzing about. I mean, that's supposedly the future of it. Do you think LiDAR is going to be it?
1: There's a lot of people working on LiDAR, and almost every company involved in this autonomous vehicle space other than Tesla Thinks it is a crucial sensor, mm-hmm. but people are also developing newer sensors all the time. I get a lot of press releases about these incredibly sophisticated radar units that can. So a lot of these cars use radar as well as sure. lidar. The current and autopilot system though, yeah it bounces the radar it's off right the road, telling distance from mm-hmm. things and how fast those things are moving, but doesn't have a lot of resolution about what those things are. Now they're really working these lidars uh, radars to the point where they can actually build a picture of the world around them by bouncing the radar around, and so perhaps those could come in and. Or maybe we just get this sort of one sensor in the future. I mean, these are all just bits of the electromagnetic spectrum. You know, we've got radar through light through LIDAR. <laughs> maybe some sensor will just kind of use all of those and just kind of cobble them together and go, here's world. your world. In a, yeah, in a way that we can't quite do it. And that would be the ultimate. Yeah. But. And then
0: there's going to be a, some sort of, uh, you know, Google Glass feature on it where it's like, looks like you hit a pedestrian. Did you like their handbag? You can click here to buy it now. And I'm like, well, I'm waiting on the emergency vehicle. I might as well. <laughs> That pedestrian has just given you one star for your driving. <laughs> <Exactly>. No! <laughs> Um, scary future uh, it's scary indeed but I appreciate that you're constantly reporting on it With uh, uh, it's a
1: fascinating future I mean, you've picked so a, a
0: really interesting space and I know your yeah. background makes you passionate and an expert on it and I appreciate every time uh, there's a new Wired article so please keep pumping them out thank you, uh, you how are. can people find you on the uh, social media sphere should they go directly to Wired and just start mashing your name in Jack or should yeah Wired.com is where everything
1: appears I'm at Stuart underscore Jack on the Twitter uh, it's probably the easiest place to
0: find me um and what do we have coming out soon? Are you working? I mean, I know you said you're going through some crash reports, yeah. which will lend itself to an interesting story. Do you have anything in the pipeline that we can tease? Um,
1: that's a no. Okay. All, all sorts <laughs> of things. But so my job actually ends up being so much wider than cars, and and I had to put so many things on the back burner to deal with so many Tesla stories over the last couple of weeks and sure. months that I really want to get back into some other things and start looking at some incredible airport tech that's going on. Um, there's all sorts of other interesting things. It's an autonomous shipping story I'm going to work Ooh. on. Yeah, I can't tell you anything about that one
0: yet. Okay. Great, Is that well? I saw that. Uh, who was it? Uh, was it Volvo that announced their driverless? Uh, it's a driverless um, vehicle for moving shipping containers around ports. Like if it's a closed oh, distribution system. One. Yeah, it yeah. showed it all like pinging with radar, and it was just like it looked like a like a, one of Kanye's sliders. It looked like a big like slipper. That you would attach the the <laughs> container to. Let me see if I can find that for you real quick. But so it's not that, is what I'm learning. No, it's not that.
1: Hopefully that thing is electric or hydrogen powered or something. Ports are a really interesting space for for all of this
0: newer tech because they're so Ooh. dirty. Pardon the pardon the pardon the, oh, cool. the royalty free uh, track. Yeah, so this is it here moving along. But it looks like the lower half of like a, of a traditional diesel truck, but I believe it's electric. Uh, and it's they communicate using their own proprietary system. And, right? Pretty cool. Yeah. I would lay down flat like I'm in the Batmobile and just uh, let it Oh, right. Thing yeah. So it's around. like
1: a truck, but with no
0: cab. Correct. Yeah, now we're seeing the animation on the screen of these things communicating and saying no, 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 after you. Okay, cool. But it, they're designing it specifically for these kind of closed-off shipping and Volvo's ports doing and some stuff. interesting yeah.
1: work in this space. Yeah, they're um, because they're very, very big on safety, and the big promise of autonomy is ultimate safety because right. computers aren't going to get distracted. Yeah, or fall th- asleep, there's fall literally
0: or going to be accidents along the way. That is unavoidable, just as, as it is with human drivers. But yes, people always forget. Like, as look, I make. <laughs> I make a living off of pushing pixels around to distract people, right? I make disposable entertainment things and hopefully they like them. And so the idea that I'm gonna have a literally captive audience for their hour or two hour commute around the world, that gets me very excited. But that's not the main point of this thing. It's not to push more ads your way. It's to make the roads safer. It's just it's to let people stumble out of that Buffalo Wild Wings, vomit right next to the scooter zone in their designated area, and then hop into a, an autonomous vehicle that's going to safely get them home and doesn't require cities to be built around parking lots so they can store their vehicles when they're not using it. It's yeah. going to lead to a bunch of better stuff. And I love that Volvo is so safety focused. Isn't it something like 37,000 odd people die on U.S. roads every year? That sounds low to me, but yeah. I mean, well, that's probably just the death toll. Yeah, Yeah. like forget injuries. Yeah, Um,
1: so if you can even make a small impact on that, you're making a really big impact in the
0: world. I have to wrap it up because it's 11:43. But I like. Do you think? I think autonomy is going to happen in the sky probably before it happens. There's a lot more room up there, right? Yeah. And and there's no human drivers. Well, there's very few human drivers in comparison to have to worry about. Yeah, Um, yeah. I think you're right on that as well. Or it will happen on the roads, but in
1: limited ways. You know, in cities that give over sections of the city to autonomous vehicles, Mm -hmm. or in special lanes that are marked out on roads for autonomous right. vehicles. And then we've got to start asking about whether we want these vehicles to be rich people's playthings that are saving them a commute or whether they're actually, you know, more like little autonomous buses or shuttles that carry a few people and they augment public transit instead of, you know, perhaps taking funds away from it. So the, these are the things that cities are struggling with right now to figure out how the, the bigger picture of all these things meshing together is gonna work.
0: Well, it sounds like you've got a thousand more articles <laughs> lined up just for this year alone in the space. So I'm excited for that. Jack, thank you so much for taking time to pleasure. come on out. So much uh, everybody go to wired.com, check out the articles. And then when you're done with that, if you want to throw dollars my way, Uh, go to patreon.com slash pointless pod. That is how you can support all of this. Uh, At the moment, not a single penny goes to me. Uh, We choose a charity each month and we give it away. And this month, I think it's going to be wired because it sounds like they need to open a kitchen in LA. No more (laughs) peanut butter on toast, man. Let's get you taken care of. Just subscribe to Wired. We have a paywall now, so you can get all our best articles behind the paywall. Okay. Go to pointless pod or go to patreon.com slash PointlessPod. Subscribe to me. I will get behind that paywall and I will copy and paste everything. That's fine, track, <laughs> yeah, right? That's how it right. Works, yeah. I'll kick you a reality. Like so don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh subscribe to Wired first. And then if you have anything left over, patreon.com slash PointlessPod. I appreciate it. Alex, anything you need to plug and promote?
2: Uh there's a podcast tomorrow at one thirty podcast
0: hey that's great what Did about you know your own thing you have a thing
2: oh uh cyber garbage tonight 7 p.m it's the arby's olympics you're gonna be throwing meat and wrestling so that's what i do sorry jack
0: you guys have interesting lives <laughs> i'm gonna go home and sit behind my laptop and like write another story that's fine about interesting cards. is one adjective remember how i said you are at least making the world a better place mm, debatable thank you You're having fun thank you for that uh look if there's if we have to beta test some autonomous vehicles please do it on alex's street it's all i'm saying
2: In my house, right through the living room. I love you.
0: I love you, buddy. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. I'll see you on the other side. Kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Goodbye. A thousand thank yous to Jack Stewart for lending his time and expertise to the Pointless Podcast. And a thousand more thank yous to all of you for making it this far. It's been a marathon, not a sprint, my friends. But I'm glad you're in the race with me. If you want to interact with me, I'd love to hear from you. At Attack on the Twitter sphere. Shoot me a message. I, I really I, I have very few friends in this world. Whole lot of spare time. I might reply. That's, that, isn't that a reason to do a thing? Huh? Wow. What is up? Am I going to reply? Yes. Yeah, you might get a reply. So take the time and energy to let me know that you're still out there. I'd appreciate it. Uh, there is an email address for this madness. I just don't remember what it is at this moment. So I'll simply say go to patreon.com slash pointlesspod if you want to get an all-in-one feed and uh, updated information about when we're launching new shows and get the playlist that includes the Office Hours video podcast. That happens three times a week. You can join us live or otherwise. Uh, we stream on YouTube and on Twitch. But it's all there at patreon.com slash pointlesspod and while you're there you might say, hey, wow, this is a Patreon thing but I don't have to pay a dollar. No, you don't. It's all free. It's all there. If you want to to kick a couple bucks my way, please do. We give it all away each and every month. Choose a different charity and, uh, well, in one hand comes the dollars and up into the air like a released dove at the end of a magic trick. That's where it goes and that's where it shall live uh, for good causes. Causes which you can vote on as well. Patreon.com slash PointlessPod. That's the website for that. If uh, You can go to Pointless.live to catch our live shows, but we'll have posts about it there. And we also have a Discord. If you know what that is, great. Pointless.pizza. Go there. It's where I'm hanging out. A handful of the community members are. We share dank memes and talk about our feelings from time to time. And then occasionally we play Call of Duty and other video games. So pointless.pizza for that Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, that's a whole other beast. So good luck to you. I hope to see you over there or not. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pointless Podcast with Jack Stewart. I will see you next week with even more. Kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Goodbye, my loves.